Well, my name is Dan Scully, a uh, bone tomahawk and a uh, dick nose. Dick nose. <laughs> Listen, bone tomahawk sticking around. I, I don't think yeah. we can trash it for the dick nose, but we got to tell the story of dick yeah, nose. I that can't. Was, that needs to be recorded. You know, it's crazy. One of my coworkers asked me about Belco experiment today, yeah. and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) And I had to, like, get past dick nose. Yeah. uh, So Dan and I went to see the Belco experiment, which we both liked quite a bit. But neither of us remember a thing about (laughs) it. Because we walked out of the theater. We spent five minutes going, that was cool. I really liked Sean Gunn. I think, uh, uh, what's his name from 10 Cloverfield Lane? Makes a great lead. He's he's JGJ. Yeah. yeah. John Gallagher Jr. John Gallagher Jr. From Broadway to Scream King. (laughs) Fucking love it. And we're like, uh, you know, the script, pretty tight. James Gunn said, you know, we're talking back and forth. And then at a certain point, both of our eyes see the same thing in the streets of South Philadelphia. And the conversation immediately becomes, and I thought that the... Writing, there were actors, a set. You saw that guy's dick nose, right? <laughs> we both, we we couldn't handle it. We had to walk a block before we could talk about it because we didn't oh, want to offend the man well, that with was the, the dick nose. The beauty of it is I was ranting and raving about something with Belko yeah. Experiment, and then we both saw the dick nose, and, and you could tell from that moment there was just words falling out of my mouth <laughs> to pad the distance between <laughs> dick nose's normal ears and when we could talk about it. And I, I didn't want to bring it up, but then uh, you said to me, did that guy have a dick for a nose? <laughs> and then I went, okay, I'm glad you saw it too. Yeah. Because you must understand, dear listeners, yeah. that dick nose is actually not accurate. It's an inaccurate Because term. that suggests that this man had a nose that was like a dick. It's wrong to call it a dick nose no. because it wasn't a nose that looked like a dick. It no. was a dick where his nose should be. My man had a dick on his face. He had a dick on his face. Dick, balls, foreskin. It was circumcised. It was, yeah. It it, it sounds crazy, but we have two people. Two I, people can't be wrong. Exactly. It's, it's I know crazy. I saw a dick hanging off of that man's face. Yeah. It was unmistakable. I've seen dicks most of my life. That was a dick that on was his a face. Dick. If he pulled off his pants and revealed a nose where his dick should be, it would have made sense. It would have made context, so much sense because the dude's nose was a dick, and it was like, it, it's now that I'm talking about it, like I don't even want to do an episode because I I just want to drive the point home <laughs> that I know how crazy we both yes. sound, and I, know you I assure you that this man had a penis. Instead of a nose. This was not a deformed nose. Mm-mm. It was not a nose that might have maybe resembled a dick. It was a reg- it, it was it was not a deformed nose. It was a regular looking penis. Yes. That's the thing. It wasn't like a like it wasn't a penis that looked nosy. Nope. It was just a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Right on his face. Yeah. And and it was wild. And for for most of the day we sat in my living room like, so before we get into Belco experiment. That guy's nose is a dick, <laughs> yeah. right? And and I don't think we've talked about we, Belco yet. It's I don't just been dick. Even nose. remember it. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, it was good. I think I enjoyed. We're about it. to derail this episode yeah. just to talk more about dick nose. I know. So but I, I assure you, I just you. had to get that recorded. And I don't even think we said it, but welcome to I like. Yeah, the welcome. Movie movie. Hi, everybody. And we don't care if your nose is a dick. You're no. welcome to listen to us. We, get, it's, we uh, are not trying to make fun of that man. We just want to make it clear what we saw. And actually, dude. 
if if you are listening to us, yeah. sir Dick knows, um, reach out. Yeah, right in because I I want to understand. Yes, that's that's all. I it would is. like to hear your story. Yeah, uh, I feel like he sneezes and just it pees. Oh man, I, I don't even know where to start with the physical. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I tried to think about the biology of it for like five minutes, and I was like, nope, nope, can't think about it. It's it's actually. It's easier for me to accept that this guy just has a dick on his face because of some crazy, you know, just poor roll of the genetic yep. dice than it is for me to believe that he's like so acne scarred or just so yeah, old right. that that his nose is dicked. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so, so, there's no way to talk about it that isn't just punishingly poetic. I know it's it's wild. That yeah, man's nose was dicked. Yeah, uh, that was well, crazy. If you're listening, pal, uh, you can email us at I like two movie that's numeric two at gmail dot com. Uh, you can. Uh, listeners find us on facebook.com slash i like to movie and uh twitter i like to movie numeric two uh and we got coming up in july down in baltimore we will be screening i think we revealed the title last time yes right? yeah we're screening i am a knife with legs which we previously reviewed on this show uh we may have some exclusive stuff from bennett jones the uh writer director and star oh of the we're film. gonna get footage from the sequel I to it we tango are. europa yes i think you're gonna get to see some exclusive footage from the sequel if you come see the show uh so make sure you come out to that we'll have more details uh coming pretty soon actually did That's, you say the date i did not i said it was in july because i couldn't remember the I actual believe, date i don't even want to say a fake date because i actually have it in my calendar because we're this perfect organized. It is, that's June, it is July 15th. July 15th. Yep. Uh, It's written in my phone as Movie Gorin Movie. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes, so thank thank you to to Brandon Brandon. Gorin, thank you to Bennett Jones. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be lots of uh, cool things coming up about that. Yeah, we'll have more details like the theater it's at and the prices and all that kind of stuff, but it'll be cheap. It'll be fun right in the heart of Baltimore. It's going to be a good time. So, And also, I want to plug to the Cinadelphia Film Festival starts in mid-April, April April 13th. It begins, and um, uh, cinadelphiafilmfestival.com. Check it out. There's a lot of very, very cool stuff that you're not going to want to miss. Yeah, Dan's already seen a few of them and uh, has been talking their praises to me. So good stuff. I think there's some really worthwhile stuff coming up this year. Real good stuff. And so today we're actually uh, going to be talking about time crime. So yes. before we get started, I will say this. We are going to spoil it. Yes. And this is the best movie ever made. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes long. Yes. Come back yes. and watch t- and listen to us talk about time yeah. crimes because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling. And, and uh, it's much more fun if you just go into a cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's available on Amazon right now for rental. That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if you know me, you can borrow the DVD. Yes. Uh, it's uh, So definitely check it out. It's easy to find. Uh, it's a Spanish language film by Nacho Vigalando, uh, who has a movie coming out called Colossal. Yes, which is partly why so, we're talking about this one. Yes, yes, and I'm very excited for Colossal. I know you've Colossal's seen it. Colossal's good. Yeah. Caught it, caught it last week. It's um, it's good. Well, you know, we'll get yeah. into it, but I, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever going to top Time Crimes, at least because it has time travel. Uh, yeah, That's well, the thing to to get into a little bit if people haven't dropped out yet that haven't seen it, uh, I do really enjoy his movie Open Windows, which people mm. are very mixed on, but I think is a really the dude, if nothing else, is like always an experimental, interesting filmmaker. He's always really, I mean, he, every He's one of his movies, I feel like, yeah, exactly. He's really swinging for the fences every time he goes mm. out to make a movie. Uh, so time You're never going to see a movie of his that you go, oh, I've seen this plot right. before. You know, it's always some kind of thing. Like the thing with Colossal is he takes a kaiju format or a kaiju idea and applies it to a rom-com. Yeah. And so it's same is thing with, uh, with Extraterrestrial. Yeah. He Which took I a, seen a Woody Allen misunderstood, like comedy of errors yeah. and placed it under a UFO. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just, he does funky things like that. Yeah. He's uh he's a really talented, he's, uh, I think he did a segment in VHS two maybe. 
I believe it might have even been three. Okay, yeah. And it's the one of parallel universes. Oh, right, yes. And it and is so he, great. He was part of ABCs of Death, I think, as well. He you did the very first one in, in ABCs of Death 1. He did oh, A yes. is for Apocalypse. Yeah, that's right, yes, which is great. Classic. Yeah. He's uh, he's really, really talented. We really like his movies, and uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of Time Crimes here because it's the only way to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, go peep that on Amazon, come back and listen because uh, we're about to get into it, and we don't want to ruin any of the loopy fun of uh, of Time Crimes. Yes. <laughs> Chrono Crimenes is uh, what it's <laughs> yes. called. Oh, yeah, and if you are going to do it and you haven't seen it, don't watch it with dubbing. It's actually a notoriously poor dub. Yes, please watch uh, the, the subtitles. subtitles are good. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of that It trailer? Uh, I am into the yeah. It trailer. I, 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 I mean, it. I'll say this. It has the funniest moment in any 2017 movie so far. Oh, the bonk? It, the bonk <laughs> is whoever edited that trailer edited that moment specifically with me. and la- I literally laughed out loud at my desk. The, the music abruptly cuts so that we can get a cartoon Saturday morning sound effect of flunk as yep. that kid like hits that thing. It was like made for that to be like laugh out loud funny. The rest of it is effectively scary. I was pretty impressed. I'm into it. I and I gotta say, like I read the book when I was maybe 18. Yeah, I've never read it. And so, oh, it's great. I actually just put the audio book on. I'm like yeah. two hours into it. Good. Just like, oh, it's it's like even better than I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it was it was a gr- it's a great great book. Yeah. And so I hadn't seen the TV movie. I've never seen that either. Um, yeah. I have no. After reading with the it, book, basically. I I was like, eh, I don't. I didn't. It didn't really do it for me. Like, yeah. Iconic uh, Tim Curry performance, yeah. but it's just so much book being put into what is a low budget two TV parts. movie. Yeah, really, a, Tommy Lee Wallace made it. Yeah. It's great. He worked. He did Cat's Eye. Right. So he, yeah. you know he's. Oh no, sorry, Louis Teague did Cat's Eye. Oh, either way, Tommy Lee Wallace has done sure. some shit. Yeah. I, I think he wrote like Fright Night Two okay. and a whole bunch of All stuff. Right. So he knows it's up. Yeah. Um, and it's it's probably the best possible version of made for TV it that you can get. Sure. But it didn't work for me yeah. so much because I didn't see it when I was like five. Like right, exactly. Else did, that, I think that movie, so scary. yeah, carries a lot on nostalgia, kind of. So I'm open to this one being good. Yeah, it's, me too. It is the first thing that, like, that, like it represents like a a change in the way that I consumed uh, basically all media. Yeah, in because it is a dense, dense, dense novel. It's yeah. not just the story of it. It's a 70 to 80 year history of the entire town of Derry right. in full detail yeah. of every moment. Yeah. And it's exhausting, but it's exhaustive. And it's, it was one of those where there was points where at 18, I was reading it just being like, man, get to the point. Yeah. But when it was done, I went, wow, that was worth it. Like, I don't think I could cut anything from that yeah. because it just, and so like, it's in that same vein where it's like, there was points during the wire where I was like, "All right, let's fucking shoot somebody," you know. Yeah. But then at the end, I was like, "Oh, best show ever!" Yeah, yeah, yeah and like yeah. it all came together, and it it definitely taught me how to put in the time and digest, yeah, commit to something exactly. See, see what the artist is trying to do. I hope the you. movie can capture at least yeah. some of that. I heard that the uh, the Fukunaga script. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Yeah, uh, is excellent, and his name was at the end of the trailer. So I'm assuming they kept. I know they've hired other writers since, but. Mm. I'm assuming something about what he did is still there, and I've heard that that script was excellent. So, uh, you know, if it's built on those bones, it might be, yeah, it might be all right. I mean, his big complaint was the reason he left was the studio basically wanted to strip all the character work out of it that he had done. Well, he probably wanted to do, you know, a good three hours for each segment, which I can get why you don't want to do that as a studio. But, you know, if the function of it is to just, you know, steer closer to the source material... I, you know who knows i don't know who this is for right i to me it seems like they're clearly trying to make a horror movie out of it mm-hmm. above making like a an accurate adaptation of king's novel if that yeah, makes yeah. sense 
uh, which could go either way. That could be super effective. It. it might not be. Who knows? You know, I'm into it. Yeah, I think a lot of people lean on the clown. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't know about it, and this is not at all a spoiler. I'm aware of this. But yeah, the yeah. clown is not like the clown is just a representation yeah, exactly. of it. Right. It is anything you're scared of. Right. It can become. Yeah. It's just evil. Yeah. And so it's just a lot of people don't like clowns. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny in hindsight because that's probably because of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's cyclical like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. I'm interested to see what that turns out to be. It's got that one I'm kid down. from Stranger Things and another 80s adaptation. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll do it. And they brought it up. They took the, because the kids in the book are in the 50s. Right. They brought that to the 80s. Yep. And they brought the 80s to that the makes present sense. day. Yeah, I'm into I'm it. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, I think we should talk about it. This is my other news. I have a couple news stories. Yeah. Uh, the Ghost in the Shell controversy. Oh, yes. Ghost, do you feel comfortable talking about it? Because I, I actually I talk do. About that. I've, made, yeah. I've made peace with it. I saw yeah. Ghost in the Shell last yeah. night. I liked it. Yeah. It's. Uh, as I liked it the same as I like the source material, I think that's another one where the, the fondness for the source material is in hindsight. Yeah. It's with nostalgia. Yeah. And we forget that the original movie was like before the internet was yeah. just commonplace. Yeah. So like the question of, man, where does the technology end and biology begin, man? <laughs> yeah. Is, was so much deeper then than it is now. The, this one doesn't go any further than that. Right. I feel the same way I felt about Tron, where everyone's like, oh, they sullied a classic. Well, Tron sucked. Tron <laughs> Legacy... It was a stupid movie that fun. leaned on visuals. Yeah. And that's what Tron was. Yeah. And so with Ghost in the Shell being originally just like, let's take a kind of heady idea and yeah. make sick visuals, that's what they did. Yeah. And the visuals are I really want to see it. I'm pretty excited. It's cool. It's yeah. worth seeing. And not near, not nearly enough white people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So that's the big thing, though, with Ghost in the Shell is that there is pushback against the casting of Scarlett Johansson yeah. in the role of the major. Yeah. Citing whitewashing uh-huh. and citing underrepresentation of Asian actors and actresses in Hollywood. Yeah. And I think that the good news is people are aware. Yeah. The good news is that the fact that people are boycotting this movie shows a, an inclination to end the trend yeah, of there's a desire for more representation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't think that this is an example of whitewashing. Right. Um, mostly because the creators of the source material have straight up just said, like, she's perfect for it. Yeah. And, you know, we we don't see it as that. Yeah. You know, but... And, and also they do kind of do a thing in the movie where they explain why she's white. Interesting. I don't know if it's backpedaling or if right. it was originally there, if we're just going to project upon it. Right. Um, you can hear me just stepping on eggshells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... My my main point is is that with a movie like this, which is a joint production with American yep. studios and foreign studios, the whole idea of casting Scarlett Johansson is to bring visibility yes. to a foreign-ish property. She is just announced the highest grossing actor. Actor. Period. Yeah. Not actress. Actor. Period. Yeah. Right now. And you know what? She deserves and she's yeah. great in this movie. She works with what is given to her. So Whereas I, I stand with you in the idea of why you boycott this. Yep. I think there should absolutely be more representation for Asian actors, for really any yeah. sort of marginalized actor. We, we want it there. Yeah. But it's a two-tiered system. Um, one, I think that boycotting this is actually backwards. I, I feel you should support it mm-hmm. because there is a pretty diverse cast otherwise. Yeah. And my reasoning is by going out there and you go, oh, man, that guy's really good in this. Yeah. Now you have this, uh, I, I guess they're... Uh, it's a Japanese source material. I, I'm not going to judge. I, I'm not you sure. Know. Yeah, but okay. We'll say an I Asian actor. I wouldn't put it past Hollywood to put. You know, here's your chance yeah. to get an Asian actor's name on yeah. a marquee. 
you know, if we if you go out and support movies that do this, if you don't support this movie, the next one's going to have only people who look like Scarlett right. Johansson. Right. Um, and then vice versa, though. Boycott this great boycott the things that you don't support. Yeah. But I also will say the second part of that plan is to support the movies that do. Yes. Um, this is going to sound stupid, but Triple X Three. Yeah. Was hugely diverse. Yeah. It had crossover stars from both Bollywood and from the Chinese yeah. film industry, and it absolutely bombed. And it was a fantastically fun. It was movie. really fun. It was better than Ghost in the Shell. And yeah, you know, I, I can't imagine someone would uh, would see that and think, oh, what a diverse cast and go yeah. see it. But if you do your research, it is there. It's yeah. not present as much as it should be. Yeah. But uh, if we support it, yeah. And you know, just I, I think it could be more. I agree with that, and I think that um, the I mean, I compl- I have um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't want to say sympathy. I feel like that's the wrong word, but I, I'm very. Um, I want to be like hyper aware of the idea of representation in film. And I, and I think that it's extremely important and I don't want to dismiss anybody that uh, sees something like ghost in the shell or the upcoming death note adaptation and thinks like that's really problematic to me. I, I don't want to dismiss that because I think it probably is problematic on oh, yeah. some level. Um, well, but, I can't possibly feel what an underrepresented person feels. Right. But you know, yes. Loosely uh, understanding the business. I, I wonder if I can help. Right. Exactly. And I do. My big thing with it is I think that any argument we're going to have about things like whitewashing and representation are much more complex than that character was Asian in the source material. They need to be Asian in the adaptation. Mm. Uh, any argument we have about it should be more complex than that because Absolutely. it is a complex issue. Um, you know, uh, in in the case of like Death Note, for instance, there are Japanese adaptations of that that source material that you could see. You could watch a Japanese version of that with Japanese actors uh, that matches the source material very well. And that's available to everybody. They could see that right now. Um, I feel like we need to be taking your suggestion, which is like, let's make sure those movies get to America. Let's make sure yeah. like let's create a market for that stuff. When it comes to then making a, like, the whole point of the Death Note adaptation that's happening on Netflix is it's a Western adaptation of it. Absolutely. It takes place in the West, and the story is about, a priv- like, the kid with the most privilege in Tokyo uh, getting a power to judge and murder everyone around him. The idea, his privilege, is the most important thing to his character. If you're going to set that movie in America... Yeah, he almost has to be. He almost yeah. has to be a white kid to have that kind of privilege. Mm. It there, you know. So it depends on what we're talking about. The, my point is, the whole issue is very complex. It's I don't think it's as simple as the source material is this, the adaptation must be this. It's too. That's the thing with Ghost in the Shell is that the character is raceless, right? So whereas you could argue, well, it's a missed opportunity to to put an Asian actress yeah. in as major. I agree with that. Yep. But is that movie going to get made? Right. And, you know, hopefully in the future, yes. yes. And I think paving the way forward is saying, oh, there's a taste for things like yes. Ghost in the Shell. We can slyly sneak some, un, you know, never, you've never heard of these huge Chinese actresses, Japanese actresses. You'll hear from them in six months. Yeah. It sucks. Progress isn't overnight, but that's why it's progress. Yeah. It has yep. to progress. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't want to spit too hard. I, I know, it. me yeah. neither. And I, I, you know, I think one of my other things, and I, I really, you know, um, I feel like I always sound like I'm on the wrong side of this when I talk about it, but it is the movie business. Yeah. Um, the, you know, these, the, it is a business, and I think what we need to do as an audience is drive business, like you said, to things that are diverse so that it looks like a good business decision for them. That's mm-hmm. why Scarlett Johansson is the lead of that movie at the end of the day, is she is the highest grossing actor right now. The director of Ghost in the Shell had a really great great quote. He yeah. said, 
the filmmakers did not cast Car- right. Scarlett Johansson. The world did. Yes. That's true. Yeah. She's the highest grossing actress right now. If they want to make that with the budget, they want to make it the way they want to make it. The studio has to feel like they're going to profit off of the big product they're putting together. Mm -hmm. And that's a way that they think they can guarantee that. If we want them to stop thinking that, we need to put support into things that are diverse Absolutely. already. And the thing is, it does it's okay have to complain. a diverse yeah. cast. And it's okay to complain when they do that, I think. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Uh, and, and boycott it if, if you must. But I, I, I think the more important thing is go support the things that actually are diverse absolutely. already. You need to show them that they can line their pockets that way, too, because that's how they'll start diversifying everything. I mean, look at Fast and the Furious. Yes. I hate to say exactly. it, but look at Fast and the Furious. Yeah, they keep pumping out that movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I love them. I love them. But, like, why do they keep pumping it out? Because you go see it. Yeah. I go see it, and look at that cast. Yeah. It's it's huge. We It's international. It's been international since the third one. It's mm-hmm. been diverse since the first one. It's... Yep. So th- that's just an example of how it can work. Yes. You know, it's so... Yeah, I, I think that that is, you know, if we're looking for uh, ways to combat it and and solutions, that's the one that makes the most sense. Oh, yeah. Is go support it where it's already happening and, and show the business that there's business to be made to be had there. Nothing chaps my ass more than when someone's like, I'm not supporting that for this reason. And deep in my heart, I'm like, you weren't going to see it anyway. Right. So right. maybe it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, if you want it to look like you, if you want it to be for you, then as shitty as it is, like... You you've gotta you gotta command the business to work that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know it it does it does work. Uh, or back in the day when I saw the movie Race, mm-hmm. um, they had like a big presentation beforehand from uh, I forget what studio it was, but from one of the guys there, and yeah. he was chief diversity officer mm-hmm. for that studio, and he said last year we had our highest grossing picture was Straight Outta Compton. Oh yeah, and he said, and it's just a story that we thought, oh, it's time to you know it's time that we can tell this story. Mm-hmm. And the one line that he said was, great diversity pa- practices do become great business practices. Mm-hmm. And he made movies and made choices based on that truth. Right. So I think it's our job to keep that truth true. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a great way to put that. Um, yeah, because, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's such a tough thing to talk about. I think especially we that we come across this a lot. As two two white guys, middle aged white guys okay. at this point, you know. <laughs> Are we middle aged? Th- oh fuck you! I feel like I am. Uh, so wait, that means I'm dead at sixty four. That's well, that's my my expectation. That's, your plan? <laughs> that's my expectation. Uh, oh man, but uh, yeah, you know, it's. I think it's. Uh, you know, so it's it's hard for us to talk about and even um, come. At, you know, we can't come at it from a place of truth for ourselves, really. Yep. You know, um, we so we have to come at it from a place of trying to understand and and. Uh, hear people uh, that that do have uh, major major issues with that major issues with oh, yeah. that major with issue major of, uh, major. Uh, but um, you know, I think that maybe one thing we can do is try and just provide like here's what makes sense to us as just like yeah. a way to maybe combat that. If my strategy is wrong, please rebut it. Yeah, my ears are wide open. We really would love to hear from people. I, I've actually been talking to people about this a lot uh, because of the Death Note trailer. I'm yeah. I was a big fan and I'm excited about it. I like Wingard, um, but. Uh, you know, a lot of people are seem to be pretty upset that that's not. Uh, There's a completely Japanese remake of Unforgiven. Yeah, and you know what? They just brought it to Japan, made it look Japanese. Yep, and that's cool. Yeah, you know, and like in, and I get that. It's like I, I, I don't know that was made in the Japanese market for the Japanese market. Yeah. Like it's almost like we're doing that. And of course, our social structure yes, is different. Yes, yeah, being at kind of the top of the film industry, yep. there's a responsibility certainly that comes with it socially. Yes. 
So, you know, yeah. but like yep. you said, it's not black and white. It's no. yeah. many, many shades of gray. Yeah. Um, I guess we should probably get into the movie. Where were you all when The Departed came out? Okay, I'm Yeah, done. right. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, right. <laughs> that does link to a different news story that I had. Warner Brothers is eyeing Jordan Peele to pick up the Akira. I saw that. Here's, here's my big curiosity with that. Oh, yeah. That actually feels like a studio trying to hear what you're saying when yeah. you say, my movies are being whitewashed, please don't do it and taking the absolute wrong action to solve yeah. that problem. Well, the thing is, the product could end up being more sensitive than... Cause For sure. Get Out proves that he's obviously, uh, to, to use the term I hate, he's obviously woke. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know, and so... But he, no, like he's He's aware and sensitive to all exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It's obviously something that is on his mind. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely the straight... For a movie that has been... You know, and the, the question is, do we need an Akira remake? Right. The answer is no. The right. same way we didn't need a Ghost yeah. in the Shell yeah. story. But, you know, if it's coming, it's yeah. coming. And, so and, and I become... think he'd be a fine filmmaker to do it. I, you oh, know, yeah. I really like to get out, and I would certainly be happy to see him work on an adaptation. Personally, I'd rather see him make more original movies. That would be one yeah. reason I don't want to see him do it. Um, uh, in general, I'm not a fan of the system right now where one person makes one small movie and we just suck them up into a oh, huge yeah, budget yeah. adaptation. One dude makes one small movie and we suck them up. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I would like to see people get to lay a little more groundwork maybe before they get put into oh, those yeah. big budget situations. But, uh, you know, all that aside, I think he's a talented filmmaker and would probably make a, a good movie. But it feels like a grab at, now you're not going to be able to complain about whitewashing. You know, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and, I, and I just, that's and the wrong way to handle like, that. It, and it, the same thing happened with when there was the big Oscars so white thing. Yeah. It was like, great, we're getting some progress. But then suddenly it turned into Oscars so not black. Right, right. And they and even in that like this this the whole uh, the whole production of that of that ceremony was yeah. like very much like, oh, this is going the right direction. And then they made a really tasteless joke at the expense of Asian yes. Asian child labor, yes. and it was like. Man, did we just did we just walk ahead ten yeah. steps and back up nine? You know, like yeah. it was it was very weird. And this feels like if handled wrong, it could it could really look like just a big case of no, 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 no. I I have a black friend. Yeah, yeah. And it's just weird. It it, it feel and the thing is, I think um, it's not even it's not even a case of like if it's hand, it feels like this is handling it right. like at the yeah. outset. It just feels like uh, a, an attempt to. Uh, nip the criticism. In the yeah, bud exactly. When really it's missing the point. It yeah. Seems. yeah, it's it's not course correcting. It's sort of just trying to like keep on the course and avoid the backlash. You know, the thing is, though, I often I, I would wonder too if someone was like, "Well, how about we get James Wan to do it?" Mm-hmm. People would be like, "Well, why?" Yeah, because he's also well, Asian. maybe like, I don't oh, know. Wait. You know, and yeah. so I don't know where what that line is. Yeah, really, we just don't need to care remake. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's a lot of what it comes down to. You know, but it's still it's it's. The reason I, I link those two stories is just because, like, no, that yeah, they're in the conversation. Yes, that's a good thing. Yes, you yeah, know, that's absolutely. the good thing is that it's on people's minds. Yeah. How we handle it is going to be something that is, it sucks, but it's going to have to be trial and error. Right, it's the only way because yeah. we don't know what we want, we don't know what we don't want. Right, but but we do know of the feeling. Yeah, exactly. So we're speaking of the feeling, and that's cool. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that it's it's all signs of progress, whether that's how absolutely. people feel about it right now or not. Um, you'll be able to look back on this period and go like, oh, look at all the you know signposts of exactly. this change, 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 change. And I firmly believe that right now the 
watching the kicking and screaming of just like the current administration like and just you know the way that some people supported it out of being a troll or yeah. like we are watching the the death throes of an of just the old guard yeah and that's cool yes um so whereas it might seem like there's a bubble of like oh we're stepping backwards i i think that the conversation we have about things like representation are actually evidence of much the opposite i think that bubble's ready to burst yes yeah that's uh i think that's definitely coming uh and for good probably you know which is great uh more diversity in movies is i mean that should be a good thing no matter how you look at it oh yeah, yeah. it's always good yeah it's just a matter of making different that people business. tell different stories and then yep. we don't make the same story over again exactly it's yep. beautiful yeah who doesn't want that uh, we just got to make sure that's business and mm-hmm. that's, that's our job that's exactly and it sucks yep. i i hate having a mandate with my money but i don't own a studio so until one of you fuckers wants to buy one for me <laughs> that's right and then guess who's taking over the fast franchise? <laughs> hey. Me. I uh, I don't know if you have this as a news story, but some early reactions to uh, Fate of the Furious came out on the internet oh, yeah? this week. They screened it at uh, CinemaCon, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and all the reactions were through the roof positive. Oh, good! I was so afraid that this would be the one where I know. people are like, "It's too much." People basically, the reaction was, "It is too much." But somehow it's too much in yet another new way <laughs> that it's exciting and really fun. Can so. we pause this? I can go jack off in the bathroom. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm yeah, very excited. I, I, it was pretty much across the board enthusiasm for it. So I am uh, more stoked than ever. Awesome, awesome. Can't wait. Do we want to do any more news? Do we want to get into the movie? I think we can jump into the movie. Okay, cool. I will. Do, s- do you have an important thing you want to hit? One more? Um, just a couple of cool things. One, Jeremy Renner's commitments to the Marvel Universe are so big that he can't do Mission Impossible 6. Which, by the way, he was barely in Mission barely Impossible in 5. And it sucks. He was my favorite part of he, 4. I know. And he, he was, was supposed so to be the replacement for the franchise. But then they realized, wait a minute. Uh, we can't kill Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Exactly. He just keeps running. Time into the plane. They literally made a whole movie about that. Yeah. That's what Mission Impossible 5 is about. That was like I, I love the I think I wrote like the the as a status once where yeah. it was just like all right this is Jeremy Renner he's gonna be taking over for you Tom you're getting up there and he's like tie me to the plane <laughs> yeah. no we're gonna tie me to the goddamn plane <laughs> yeah. okay we're tying right. to the plane <laughs> yep uh, that uh, unconfirmed but so close Joss Whedon doing Batgirl I know pretty cool and some details coming out that it'll be a Barbara Gordon Batgirl cool, cool. Uh, possibly with some of the uh, when when she was rebooted recently. They did a really interesting thing where one of the big controversies in the history of comics is the killing joke itself. Yeah. There's a scene where it is a lot of people have kind of taken it to be a representation that the Joker raped her actually before taking her legs away from her. Uh, And then for years in comics, we decided to keep the fact that her legs had been taken by the Joker, but never referenced that he raped her again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And so when Gail Simone came on to do Batgirl in the New 52. New 52 was supposed to be kind of like a reboot for all the characters. She basically kept that history alive and instead of trying to erase it, went, okay, now she's in recovery and she has PTSD. She's got her legs back for the first time in 20, you know, in however many years. She's in recovery. She's trying to rebuild herself physically and mentally and emotionally from the experience she went through. Is this going to be based on that That, sort of thing? That's what I read today is that that's kind of what they're looking at. So I I think that's... I'm into it. Yeah. I'm definitely into it. Um... Yeah, that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah. I'm totally down. And I, you know, I got to say, I love that Justice League trailer. I know everyone <laughs> hates it, but you know what? The thing is, I because I'm now the one guy who loves yeah. these movies, the fact that the teaser for the trailer and the trailer itself both featured two different White Stripe songs, yeah. I'm like, they, they're just making these for <laughs> yeah, me. I so, know. you know what? Take my, take my yeah, happiness. It looked very samey to yeah. me, but, you know. 
They all yeah. do anymore. I know. But White Stripes. Yeah. <laughs> White Stripes, y'all! <laughs> White Stripes and Batman in one. Yeah. And then Paul Thomas Anderson's got a movie coming out this December. Christmas no Day. title. No no nothing. Just With? D-Day as a fashion That's designer. Right. I'm right. into that. That's right. Daniel Day. All right. Me too. Me we too. spent a lot of time on No, these. that was good. We're ready. I think, all right. I think we're juiced up. Let's get into some time crimes. Here's how I want to start with time crimes, if you don't mind. I've seen time crimes before. Twice, in fact. My favorite thing about time crimes is I kind of completely forget where time crimes is going every time I watch it. Yes, yes. It's this is so, probably the fourth or fifth time that I watched so it. So well yep. constructed, I always forget about Hector 3. Mm-hmm. I always think I'm watching a story of just Hector and Hector 2. Yeah. And as it's building to the hour mark where it feels like it's ending, and then you suddenly realize you're going to go through a whole nother loop, that surprises me. Every single yep. time. Oh, yeah. Every time. There's little things that get me. Like, because this time around, I was aware of Hector 3. I yeah. forgot how it was introduced. Yeah. But I was aware that that Hector, and I keep meaning to look to see if his hand is there when yes, they give that I reveal. Know. And I wanted to go back and do it, but I just kind of went about my night. And so I, I, I have to go back and see if it was there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Hector 3 thing, I always forget how it's implemented. Yes. Like, I always forget what the story is and how it's implemented. Yes. And the way that it's implemented is really clever, really dark, and really, really funny. Yes. And the reason I the reason why I like opening here is we often talk about how movies like this do a... We did it with Boogie Nights, yeah. where they repeat the same narrative loop here in a literal sense. Yes, yeah. They repeat it. And what's so clever about it is that we see the loop, yep. and then the second loop is not just repeating it, but it's now Hector understanding that he must repeat it. Yes. So he's trying to repeat yes. it. And then we realize that by repeating it, he might have fucked something up. Uh-huh. So now he's got to go, you know, almost like a Back to the Future 2, go yes. back to the repeating of it and alter it one Ever more so time. Slightly. You know, only to find out that it's already been done. And, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. But the way that they do this, they have this Hector that is increasingly... Uh, what's the word? Just increasingly more distraught, but yes. increasingly in better understanding of how it all works. Yeah. And as he gets more physically beaten up, but more savvy as to what's going on, yes. there's this weird uh, juxtaposition of his disheveledness and his his determined determinedness. Yes. That is so fucking funny. I know. I was thinking the whole time. He is like a really great, like tragic comic character, you know, oh, that, yeah. uh, which is just such a weird phrase to use, but he's like, it's perfect for him. He though. is such a perfect version of that because like the whole movie, I was like, I like, there is a point in the movie where you literally, at least for me, I was bouncing back and forth, almost arguing with myself. Like, wait, he was definitely an idiot when this movie started. I feel like he's smart now. No, he's still an idiot. No, I think he's getting smarter. Well, he's he's curious to a fault. Yes. And in that way, he's very similar to the scientist. Yes. Because the scientist is like, just stay here and things will be fine. Yep. So he steals a car and leaves. Yeah. But the scientist himself, he goes, well, you know, this place is supposed to be closed, yep. but uh, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. And so they have that same morbid curiosity, not morbid curiosity, but uh, just insatiable thirst yes. to, to see what they're capable of doing. I would take it a, a, a level, for me, th- this is what I read on it this time, and I only thought about it this time. I would almost take that a notch up only for Hector. A I, nacho up? A, a nacho Sorry. up. Uh, who's very good in this movie, by the way. He's very funny as that oh, scientist yeah. character. He's really good. It's almost perfect that he's like... I need to be the expository character. Yes, like, yeah. I, I just have to do it. I exactly. need to be the glue. And he does it like in a very funny way, too. He's yeah. like, charmingly funny, I think. I believe he's a scientist yeah. that would have just stum- stumbled across an active time machine. Yeah, exactly. I, um, but the, the thing that is so interesting to me about Hector, and I only realized it this time, it, for me it is not, and I, I could agree with you that it's like curiosity that's driving him. What, what I realized this time is, to me, what seemed to be, okay, so I read an article on AV Club 
And it, I've never seen anyone really try and unpack this movie. And wait, wait talking about cheating on the wife? Yes. Kind of, yeah, I think that's so spot on. So yeah. spot on that the movie I read may that article be too. about cheaters and how once you do the act, it suddenly becomes impossible to cover it up. It yeah. only gets harder and harder and harder. Well, you're trying to reassemble. Yes. Well, it, it, the very opening of the movie is the back end of his car has spilled trash everywhere. Yes. And he's just got to walk backwards and pick up the pieces to <laughs> try and assemble it all. Oh, that's and great, it's, actually. It's I didn't exactly even put that what's together. going that's, on in the movie. Yeah, yep. exactly. He's just trying to, like, he keeps spilling and putting together the pieces. Yep. It's uh, Dane Cook used to do, do a whole bit about yeah. cheating. Yeah. And he was saying how glitter always gets you because there's just so many pieces. <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh-huh. And that's how this feels is yes. just every time he picks something up it's oh shit another piece fell yep. over to the point where his arms are just full of things that yeah. need to be you know and it's not until he finally just goes fuck it yes you know well and so i thought about that while i was watching it this time and i realized to what it actually looked like to me this time around was driving him was not even curiosity as much as a really really dumb uh jealousy of himself oh yeah well he, yeah he's he becomes jealous. jealous of that other man and the, so I realized the key to the movie, there's a great shot where the phone goes under the couch in the beginning. Mm. And he really, I mean, one of the great things about this movie uh, is uh, uh, from the direction and editing standpoint, there's all these great little inserts all over the place that oh, are yeah. so perfectly timed to be like, that's important, that's important, that's important. They become earmarkers for the loop, kind of. But one of them that is not an earmarker for the loop necessarily, but is really highlighted, is the phone going under the couch. And I realized the phone going under the couch is pretty much the catalyst for the whole story. Oh, that sets up his jealousy. That's yeah. how he gets to listen to himself hit on his wife mm-hmm. and to get a blowjob from his wife. Yep. And because of that, it drives him to drive away from that place where he's supposed to stay and start the loop over. Yep. Oh, yeah. It, it's so gr- it's so great because it's like it's it's a depiction of that like manic male jealousy. Yep. Especially in the face of, I'm already trying to cheat on you. You can't fucking do this to me, too. I own you. You don't own me. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yep. It, it, yep. It's so perfect. And it's like, it is tragically hilarious. It's like, because. He's jealous of himself. Yeah. And what's so funny is that it wants, you know, to, to pull it into just an almost literal sense, yeah. this is a guy who has struggles with self control. Yes. And he is literally trying yes. to take power over himself. Yeah. And he can't help himself but to, but to not do it. He can't. Yeah, it's he, so crazy. Oh my god! And it's, I, dude, I laughed out loud at. So one of the big memorable shots in the movie is when he's when Hector One is using the binoculars. Yes, and he's out in the woods and he's looking and he's he's desperately looking for for the girl. I think at that point. But then he, oh no, he's looking for Hector too. He's hiding behind a tree and he's just he, trying well, to at see. this point he's just looking for Bandage Man. Yeah, Bandage yeah, Man. He yes. just knows him as Bandage, Bandage Man. Bandage Man. And then Bandage Man shows up with the binoculars with his his he's making, oh, yeah, he makes he finger makes binoculars, finger yeah. binoculars and spins around and looks at him. It's very dramatic and it's like kind of scary. Well, the first time around it feels like yeah. that's a killer that's yes. mocking him. Yes. Like, oh, you think you're looking at me? Yeah, I see you. Right. And then we find out later it's just him going. Well, I remember that happening. I need to make this happen. And how do I time it? He literally <laughs> yeah. just does it over and over again, hoping that he'll match the timing. Yep. It is so funny. It's such a good jump from. It, well, that's that's what's so good about this movie is that it recontextualizes certain actions yes. to go from scary to tragic to funny, yep. you know, multiple times over. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I love is the first time he comes out of the time machine. Yeah. He bleh, he throws up. Yes. He can't handle it. And like by the end, when it's just like par for the course, it just opens up. He steps Stand out up. and goes, yeah, little spit. spits it out. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's such a great little touch. So good. He's constantly subverting those little earmarks. Is yes. a good word for it. Those little things to just change how they you know how you view it it's so good i actually wrote uh two lines down that i thought were really really interesting please one at the very beginning 
um, when he says, oh, man, I, I can't believe it's almost nighttime. Yeah. And his wife, Clara, says, huh, time flies here. <laughs> I love it. Just a great little thematic uh, note. Yeah. And then uh, later, when he's running up the lighted path, yes. the, uh, uh, the scientist tells him, just stay on the path and everything will be fine. Oh, stay right. on the path. Yeah. And I love it because that is what he's doing. in the. Now, we find out later that that is also what the scientist is trying to do. Yes. Is just keep this fucking idiot on the path. Yeah. yeah. But I love that the, those were two lines that were just, you know, yeah. thematically describe the movie. Time flies here. Stay on the path. Yep. That's great. Well, and there's a lot of great little lines that become funny. Uh, I think maybe I wouldn't have realized. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have realized this the first time. But I, I love there's that great line in the beginning when, uh, you know, the, uh, when she's about to give him a blowjob on the couch. Uh, mm. And uh, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I just want to relax. It's Saturday. And she goes, it's Saturday. I thought it was Friday. Yeah. Because he has just experienced that That's day. That's right a before she times. says time flies here. Yeah. That was the line right before that. Yeah. It's so uh, I, I love that stuff because it's like I would not have gotten that the first time around. But seeing it again, it's like, oh, right. He's like lived through this day a bunch of times. At he's, this point. he's Groundhog Day. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think, and which begs a question. I, I don't know if we should start getting into this already, but do you think this is an infinite loop? Like, because, like, is well, there's two ways to read it. Yeah, one is that it is an infinite loop, and everything is airtight. Yeah, you know, um, and by by sitting down and just waiting for the rain to come at the end, which we'll talk about. I yes. love that line. Yes, um, is is him just closing the loop? Yeah. The other thing is maybe what happened was there was no loop, yeah. and then he accidentally, you know, killed Created his wife, one, yeah. and then actually fixed things and and right. killed his wife. I was wondering that. You Do know? you so is it the, possible that he did actually kill his wife in the one sequence, and then in the next one didn't, or did he just see what had already happened and he thought that was his wife and it was not? I noticed this one thing. The yeah. first, and it, the, literally the first time I saw the movie, when he pulls up his wife, yeah. she's wearing the red Converse. Yeah. So when we see Hector, now Hector 2, reach up and grab that, in my head I was like, oh, that's the girl. And then when they look down and see her in the red coat, I'm like, oh, it was his wife? Yeah. And so I was already kind of doubting that that was his wife because yeah. she was wearing the red yes. Converse All-Stars, which yeah. is what the girl was wearing. Yep. But then the question is, did Hector 3, because we're watching Hector 2, and we, yeah. now, later we find out that Hector 3 set this up to right. happen. So maybe Hector 3 actually did kill his wife mm -hmm. and then fixed it, and we're watching Hector 2 in the right. fixed storyline, then setting up Hector 1 in the fixed storyline as well. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where I guess it could... I think it th could, There's no evidence to say one right. or the other, so it has to be both. I, yeah, oh, that's interesting, actually. It's like a Schrodinger's cat thing. It's yeah, like, exactly. well, until it's observed, gotta be both. It's, it's just both. It's, yeah, and until you observe one or the other, that's now, what I read it is. something that said, what if... And now this is another one. Yeah. What if when he's looking through the binoculars the first time around, like... And this speaks to the idea of Hector three accidentally killing his wife and fixing everything. Yeah. What if when he was looking through the binoculars and he saw her laying there, he just saw a woman who had been killed. Yeah. And then accidentally kills his wife. Yeah. You know, doing whatever Hector three did. Yeah. And then we go back and he, he goes back in time and says, wait a minute, let's go back to before I saw that dead body when she was still alive. Right. And I can orchestrate this whole thing. And right. Then, you know, so there's that too. Yeah. I don't oh, know. It's interesting. Yeah, my brain hurts. I, and seriously, I've gone cross-eyed. As I was watching it last night, I kept having like weird little thoughts about like, okay, so when Hector won, 
wakes up in the time machine the first time, and the scientist is trying to explain to him, you need to stay here, you need to stay here, you need to stay here. Uh, we see, you know, Hector one picks up the phone, makes the phone call, uh, and then eventually gets the voicemail where he's kind of like hearing himself have sex with his wife. Right. Mm. Uh, I was thinking like, Oh, well, what if he just stayed there? That could end this whole movie, right? Like if he actually just stays there, that would end the whole thing. He would actually fix the problem. The scientist is right. It would all move forward. But then I started thinking like, well, that can't be possible though, because we already saw him hear the phone call. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have to like, there's this weird thing where you start trying to unpack the movie and start trying to think about, like, well, at what point could this turn and break the loop? Like, at what point could he make a decision to break the loop? When you really start trying to think about that, my brain just came apart. It's, like, impossible. Well, he almost can't. Like, he can't. He, he it's, has it's to. like, impossible. But what's crazy is, like, especially that scene with the binoculars, yeah. is that's one where he's trying to recreate yes. it. And then he finds out that trying to recreate it is almost pointless. Right. He's, he's faded He's going to recreate, to recreate it, it you know? yeah. Uh, I thought about that in a scene later in the movie where he's, like, I, and I don't remember exactly which scene it was, but he's doing something very slowly. And I knew that the result of what he was doing was going to affect one of the other Hectors that was running around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why aren't you doing it faster? And, I, and then I suddenly remembered, like, oh, right, because he's, like, so far down this rabbit hole and so beat up at this point, he just knows he's going to do it oh, yeah. in the right time. It's muscle memory. Yeah, it doesn't just, matter. Yeah, he's fated If to he do took it. 20 minutes to do it, it would it, that would be the moment that he it was does supposed it, to cross it's over. It's another great uh, subversion of horror to humor. Yeah. When Hector, the the one we're initially following, yeah. when he first goes in the time machine, when he looks out the window, and Bandage Man oh, yes. looks in and yeah. it scares him. Yeah. And then when we see him later, he knows he has to do it, so he just moses up to the window. Rah! And it's super funny because yep. he's just doing it yep. to scare you know the less knowledgeable version of yes. himself. Yeah. It's uh, God, it's so fascinating, and I I love that I can't quite unpack it like. I feel like a lot of time travel movies, it's, it's kind of yeah, it's to the easy point to where if you pull one thing, the whole thing deflates. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I feel like so many time travel movies are so easy to to put a hole in and go like, yeah, but this all falls apart if they just make this decision. Every time I tried to think about that, the, that in this movie, I it it doesn't work. It ha everything has to happen exactly as it happens. That's it. There's no loopholes to any of it. Mm -hmm. it, it has to happen exactly as it happens. Well, I'll bring this up, and I noticed this too, because uh, you mentioned Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Did you see the the biker girl's shirt? Uh, no. Like her what, what was on it? Yeah, her T-shirt has an outline of a red cat standing uh -huh. up, and behind it is a flip-flopped version of that cat Whoa. upside down and in blue. Whoa. And so I think, I, I would hope yes. that they're trying to represent the idea of Schrodinger's cat. I would imagine so. So if we apply that Nacho Vigalando was thinking in terms of every possible interpretation of why this works yes. is right until you pull it apart, because then it actually has to become something. Yes. If we determine that this is a closed loop, then it has to be that. Right. But if we determine that th that it is an ever-fluctuating open loop that can be... Manipulated you know, or Manipulated and fall apart, yeah. you know, then it has to be that, yeah. too. And I, I think that shirt is key, because it shows both cats. That's really interesting. And so then it also... If 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 we were to take the idea and run with the idea that that shirt labels that character, yes, she is the Schrodinger's cat of the you know of the of the uh, the piece, yeah. Because we follow Hector and he is, you know, he's a constant, he's a variable, whatever. Yeah. But she's kind of the one person who's just looped into this, yes, not through any fault of her own, no. you know. And so at any point, you could really isolate her character and, and try to decide what you know. 
she's not a character with any motivation because right. she's just a tool in this puzzle. Yes. So like when she's laying there topless, she could have been dead or right. it could have been him telling her to sit there. You know, when when she's riding through on the bike, who knows what brought her into that? Right. But she is she is as much part of this as as anything else. Yeah. Well, and you could even say that she is the uh the quote unquote observer in the Schrodinger's cat experiment. She would kind of be the one person that she's the only person, I think, in the whole story. Well, I guess other than the scientists, to interact with multiple versions of Hector, but mm. she never knows she's interacting with multiple versions yeah. of Hector. Should she at any moment observe that she is now interacting with the same man, she, it might all fall apart because she would then be in like, some understanding differently. of what's happening and behave differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the one of the cool tags that they did was the echoey scream. Yes, because it's still up in the air whether that was a Clara scream or right. whether that was her scream. Right. And in two different situations, it could have been both. Uh-huh. It could have been her in the house. Yep. Uh, it could have been the wife seeing Bandage Man in the house. Yep. Uh, seeing, I guess that would have been Hector three at that point. I don't, I know, don't but even know. It could be a bunch of different things, but we see it once from the point of view of Hector in the woods, yep. and he hears it. Yep. Could be the and screen. assumes it's Clara. And then once while he's in the house, where it could also be either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love, and I love when he counts the three, throws the table. Yes. That he because we don't see who throws the table the right. first time around, and we yeah. assume we assume that it's, it's her. That it's uh, the girl. Well, cy- cyclist, we'll yeah. call her. Yeah. We assume that it's her. At that point, it could have been. Yeah. But it also might have been him. Yep. Whether we had subscribed yeah. to the closed loop or the malleable, you know. I, I mean, I'll tell you from from just watching the movie, it feels to me as we watch Hector get beat up throughout the whole thing, and we follow him through being Hector one and basically becoming Hector two and basically becoming Hector three, that there is no such thing as Hector two or Hector three. It's all Hector going through that loop over and over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's. When the guy that we know is Hector 1 and knows that other guy is Hector 2 and another guy is Hector 3, well, Hector 2 is just him further down the line. Oh, and yeah. Hector 3 is just him further down the, the line. The first one, well, if we look at it from the point of view of the scientist, yeah. the first person that he meets yeah. is Hector 3. three. Yeah. And 3 pops out. and Because it's, it's so tough to have them be Hector 1, 2, and 3 because they're just Hector. They're all Hector. You know, and so yeah. we actually watch as Hector 1 becomes Hector 2, yeah. as he becomes Hector yeah. 3. And so when he's Hector 1, he's interacting with 2 under the control of 3. Mm-hmm. But 3 is motivated by what 1 learns yes. going through his course yes. of becoming 3. And I'm cross That's what I mean. That's yeah. what happens. Because like, for me, I don't think there is a question. I think it's the cyclist scream. Because what I one of the moments I like is when she does scream and he realizes it's her scream, he gets a weird smile on his face like, Oh motherfucker, that's who screamed. He yeah, gets like yeah, a weird yeah, that's like true, that's true. he like has a recognition of like, God damn it. Like he has like a weird little moment of like, okay, now it's all coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm figuring this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so but but again, like that's only because I have sh- I have done my own Schrodinger's cat on this movie and have decided like I think it's pretty tightly closed. And so like all those things have to be true the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you're not wrong. Technically, when he hears that scream the first time, we don't know, and neither does he, and that could be Clara, and it absolutely could mm-hmm. be in the reality too. We we technically don't know. There's a version of time travel that um, that I always liked that yeah. I thought was interesting, and it's the you can change the events, but you cannot change the larger course of things. Yes. So it's like let's say uh, you know, okay, I go back in time, and I'm going to stop the guy from killing Kennedy. I'm yes. going to stop Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. And so this theory of time travel would say. Here's Lee Harvey Oswald, maybe a week beforehand. 
I get up behind him. I put a gun to the back of his head, and I pull the trigger. And right as I pull the trigger, he goes, ooh, a piece of candy. Yep. And he bends over, and the bullet sails over his head. Yep. And any litany of things that would that that could happen to prevent me from killing him would constantly happen yep. so long as the larger timeline is preserved. Yes. And so in that realm, you can almost have it both ways. Yeah. Whereas, like, at the end of this movie... Hector has to be beat up. Yeah. The time machine has to be pretty much exposed. Yep. The cops have to be on their way. Yep. The cyclist has to be dead. Yep. However many ways he has tweaked and prodded that of the wife being dead and then not being dead anymore, right. of her never being dead, any little thing that he yeah. has done to fix and correct Always it, results in. Always results in. like so. And so then the idea is, like like I was saying before, what if the, the cyclist was just dead at the beginning, yeah. the, the time that initial Hector one saw right. her. He's still got a dead topless. cyclist on his property. That's exactly. That's yeah. the thing is like, maybe that, maybe that's what this all is, is she was just fated to die. Yeah. And then the time machine muddied things up and we're actually watching the universe correct itself. Interesting. And it's just that the tools through which it's correcting itself is kind of a, a, like a ham handed idiot. Yeah, hapless is the yeah, word. Yeah. And a scientist who, who has no resolve. Yeah, which yeah. I, I love that, that aspect where he's like, well, yeah, Hector, Hector 3 told me to stop you from going back in time. He's like, well, you're not going to stop me. He's like, well, I guess not. Yeah. And then later you see him make the call where he's like, okay, well, you got to stop him from going <laughs> know, back in I time. Like, that is so, oh, man. Uh, Poor he, time. He even makes <laughs> that phone call in a way where it's like, he knows. should have listened. Well, also, he almost makes it in a way where he's like, I know exactly what I'm about to say and how little I believe it, but it's still going to come out of my fucking mouth. Yep. Like, like yep. He, he's, because it's all just faded to and happen that way. they use the way. same exact quote where he was like, everyone's going to know what we've done. Yep. And they, they keep using that. Yep. And the poor scientist just wants to keep his job. Because even for him, he was just staying late. And, like I love looking at this in the same way that you look at the end of Back to the Future uh, 2. Yeah. If you paste that onto the end of Back to the Future 1, where just poor Doc's like, oh, wow, I guess I did invent time. Oh, my God, oh, Future fuck. Man is a me. Everything's unraveling. Yeah. For him, he turns on the time machine, and just a bloodied man comes yeah. out and is like, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> like, Shit's going to go Your fucking crazy. Your day is crazy. about to get fucked. It's going to get really, really hard. Yeah. And he, then he has to pretend you know, yeah. to, to keep... Wait, I actually have a note about that. He... um. He says... It's almost like a it? Keystone Cops thing for him, where he's just... <laughs> running through this barrage of like uh problems things that keep going wrong and having to keep it all in balance he has a really good line and i and maybe you can help me put context yeah. into this because this is when i guess it's hector three now um oh no no okay so he's becoming hector three this yeah, is hector yeah. two after he scares hector one yeah and he removes the bandages yes and he says you know oh yeah I, it was the bandages blah 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 and the scientist says I guess it probably should have occurred to me when I, and he gestures bandaging his arm. Right. And so, but the thing is, when he initially bandaged that arm, he was under the instruction of Hector Three. So he already, in my mind, knew that Bandage Man was him. Yes. So that line almost... I, I can't decide whether that line makes sense, whether the scientist is just acting, or whether we are watching one of the first pure moments where he is just saying, oh, yeah, I guess it should have occurred to me. Or maybe he's just thinking back, like, yeah, this is the second time I've been told this. It probably should have been occurred to me when right. I bandaged his that, arm. I think it might be that, but I, yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, an easy explanation for that is he was warned about all this stuff by Hector Three, so he may still be pretending to try and keep this thing on course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you trying know? to keep the path moving, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of a high likelihood with a lot of his interactions with Hector throughout it. 
is once it's revealed to us that Hector has already been there to tell him, you got to fucking follow my directions or you're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can kind of suppose that most of what he's doing is that like one of my favorite moments is in the beginning of the movie when Hector first realizes he's traveled back in time and falls to his knees after seeing himself with his wife. Yeah. yeah looking yeah. in the binoculars. And then the scientist realizes, oh, my God, that is what happens. And he falls to his knees as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then yeah, later yeah. in the movie, we realize he fucking knew that the whole time. Because oh, then you see him zip then by you behind see him. him zip yeah. by behind him. And you literally see the scientist like look over his shoulder like, you fucking idiot. What yeah, are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Yeah, this, I can't keep this under yeah, control. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that, and that's another one where they recontextualize yep. the shot. I wonder if maybe there's a cool sound edit the yes, first time I around know. where we hear him we go, can by. Hear go by. The I know. same way that they showed Hector the 3's hand. hand reach around. Like, I know. I meant to go back and it sucked because my girlfriend yeah. came home and I was like, oh, yeah. And so we started talking yes, and yeah. I forgot to do it. I know. I had the same thought. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe that's something we can we can do because I Googled it. Yeah. And then all I have is. tried just, to diagram it? Uh, well, there's diagrams everywhere, yeah. but nobody has, has the answer to whether or not. Uh, his hand is shown the first time around. Okay. Um, and the thing is, because... Could just be an angle that we can't see it well, from exactly, or something. Because that's actually a really cool shot, too. Because yeah. when his hand reaches out of the tank, there's this kind of a, a pan that moves yes. uh, right to left uh, following the curvature of the tank. Yep. And so I wonder if it's just masked anyway. Right. But to me, that almost feels... like Because that reveal... If it's shown in a way that I know, it's like it, it feels, feels like, like we're like repeating it, the thing we saw, right? Well, it also just feels like it's revealing it to you in a way like... I hate when, like, like we always talk about that movie Focus. Yes. When they do the reveal, and the reveal is just, I was lying. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the, the film itself was lying to you. It's like, well, you didn't give me the information. Right. And I think that Vigilando is a much stronger filmmaker than that. And has clearly put enough uh, thought into it that it felt to me like... Like it was saying, if you go back, this is there, right. and you right. just didn't notice. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's and how it, it felt, felt to me like too. it was there. And no, if it's not there, I don't think that that's no, uh, it's not a problem. I don't think that it's a demerit to the no. film, but uh, I, I hope it is. I know. I, I know. really hope it is. I like there. I kept thinking that as I got into like the last third of the movie, where I was like, oh, I wonder if I go back and watch this, if I'll notice this or this. Like one thing I'll tell you definitely happens is you see the orange van hit him. Yes. that first time he gets hit. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, like I said, I forgot that there was even a Hector three in the story at that point. Mm. So even having seen this already, seeing that happen, I was like, oh shit, right. He gets hit by a car. Not remembering that that is another version of him hitting him. Yeah. But the orange van is a very distinct color. My brain did remember that it was an orange van. Oh, absolutely. So that when that door was opened, I was like, oh yeah, right. This is what's happening. That was one thing that I, that I noted too, is that like the color in this is pretty washed out. Yes. And it's to that effect. Yes. Um, It's It's so that the red coat is very distinct. Still show up. Yes. You know, all of the pieces are, are highlighted. Yes. Um, Uh, Red bicycle, right? Red red bicycle, the bandages themselves. Yep. Yeah. Everything that needs to pop. Yep. Pops. Yep. Yeah, it's it's such a great uh, yellow car, I think. Yeah, it's such a great choice. Yeah, you're right too, because like the whole color palette is almost like um, it's just like it's, gray it's, and green. Yeah, it's like similar to um, uh, what the Coens did with Oh Brother Where Art Thou. It's yeah, like, it's it's just kind of dim. And it's or and it's less it's less yellowy though. It's like almost yeah, right. like bluish. But even if you look at the way uh, uh, what's his name Hector's dressed. Yes. He's wearing a beige sweatsuit. Yeah, his yeah. wife, on the other hand, who is a cutie pie, I might add, yes. uh, wears the red jacket that yes. pops. Yep. You know, and so she is a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the puzzle pieces are what yeah. kind of that's jump what we out. see. They all pop out in red, or yeah. they have their titties out. Yeah, and yes, so yeah. so we we know to bookmark that. Yeah, um, even the scissors. 
Yep. Um, the scissors shine. Yeah. You know, that is Well, key. they have those, if I remember right, they're uh, like uh, a white and black handle, maybe. Like, they have a very, the handles, I remember, were very distinct. I always knew I was looking at those scissors. Oh, there well, they have the, they're the, the barber scissors. Yes. Because the one, uh, the the one, like, finger loop has that little curly that little, cue yeah, at the yep. end. Yeah, yeah. the little um, tilde. Even, it's, and I, I even love, too, that the, uh, uh, now, this is just a joke, but the table. Yes. Uh, they they make a point to show you the table and him saying, you'll never fit it inside. <laughs> Cut to later, it's flying through the house <laughs> yeah. willy-nilly. Yeah. You know, so, but it's it's a highlighted piece of the puzzle yes. that we see. Yeah. Um, even the battery yep. is meant to look, which the tech in this movie is pitch perfect. I love it. It's the best just, you know, Dude, the sound effects when he's walking through the basement the first time oh, he gets so there yeah. are, are literally like hilarious. It feels like he's in like a 1950s sci-fi serial. Mm-hmm. You're just hearing like, wow, wow, wow. Oh, and it's all just buttons and yeah. light up lights. Yeah. And stuff. Even the score has, the score is oh, great. Oh, the score is Just that, that drone like, yeah. but it you know just what? has, wee, 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 over it. kind of reminded me of the Under the Skin score that we both like so bit, much. A little bit, yeah. 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 It has like an unsettling feeling, yes. but this also has that fun 1950s yep. sci-fi. I noted that my favorite kinds of movies, and they can either be really good or really yeah. bad, are Twilight Zone episodes. Totally. And um, like, I actually really love the concept of The Forgotten. Mm, You've never mm-hmm. seen it. I think I saw that one. Cool Nicole little movie. Uh, no, Julianne Moore. Close. Oh, um, I think yeah. I might be thinking of one of the Invasion remakes. Okay, that, that, that was, was Nicole Kidman. Yeah. But no, The Forgotten, and it's actually worth seeing because yeah. it has a really cool ending. Would have been a great thirty-minute, forty-five-minute short film. Yeah, they padded out to full length because they learned how to do this really cool effect where people get sucked up into the sky. Oh, it was one of those like they learned that effect and I built think a I movie did around see this it. Movie, and it's like it's it's too much movie. But if that was a Twilight Zone episode, it would be Dude. perfect. Yeah, um, and there's there's but there's examples of it done right as yes. well. And I think this is an example this of is it a done right. Great example. It's not a very long movie, no. but you know this, it's just the right length for. It, it, this is a a cool concept, yep. and then they just play in it. Yeah, you know, and they stretch out that concept. You know, they exercise it thematically to the point of, you know, uh, there, there's sort of a, a fatalistic sense to it. Yes. Whereas, like, if you if you make a mistake, it's going to catch up to you. Yes, but there's also the thematic resonance of like, don't just judge a situation until you can step out of your shoes and look at it as an outsider. Right, because I bet there's something more going on. That you yeah, can see. yeah. Like, so there's all of those things there, which is such a mark of a good Twilight Zone episode. Totally, and they just use it's good sci-fi. Yeah, is you know using that concept and then. You know, doing that, and it's it's done with nothing. The tech looks like nothing. Nothing. One of the most intense scenes is him walking up the path. Yes. And all it is is a path and a walkie-talkie, and, sound and literally, not even sound effects. Literally, someone telling him what's happening somewhere else. <laughs> uh-huh. That's all it is. And it's tense. It's like it's legitimately super tense. tense. Yeah. And so then you have sci-fi, and I'll bring it up again, like Ghost in the Shell, where yeah. it's like you don't really do anything with, like you know, the the remake. You don't really yeah. do anything with the thematic. You know, they they touch upon sure. it, but. It's mostly in service of beeps, boops, and cool, zaps, cool, cool, which is cool. Yeah, you know the and but it just goes to show how far-reaching the yes. sci-fi thing is. But this is a Twilight Zone movie, if there ever was one. You know what I think? I really like the when I one of the things I think maybe the thing I love most about this movie is I'm a huge time travel nerd. I mm. really like time travel movies, and it seems ridiculous to say this, but one of the things that I have not seen done that often with time travel is time travel on a minuscule scale. Yeah. We always think about time travel as a huge concept. Uh, flying DeLorean. Yeah. yeah. 
just and it, and just a, a big span because it's time travel. Like, why wouldn't you take advantage of you know if yeah, the whole concept is yeah, yeah go boom. you know one I, hour one hour one hour. It's such a perfect tiny cheap premise. Yep, that he takes to bigger places and greater lengths than most time travel movies that he do uses take the, the time device. to go see dinosaurs. You he know, absolutely uses the device. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the central character, but. Besides Hector, is just yes. that device. It's we always talk about when we did the Inception episode. Right. One of the brilliant things you said was the main character is Inception. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything else is just you know we watch the people deal with it, but that movie is just selling you on the concept on the of concept. Inception, and we watch this. I mean, this sort of does a, a similar yeah, thing. You're right. It doesn't use it to give us a hallway chase or anything no, like no, that. No, no. But it uses the whole idea is we're exploring what can happen in one. You know, that's another thematic strength is yeah. it's saying like. Just because you know what's going on right now, an hour from now, things could be very, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he spends the whole movie thinking, not only do I know how to fix this, now I actually know exactly what's coming next oh, and what I'm fixing, so I can be on top of this shit. No, you can't. You, there's no way of knowing what's coming next because you don't know that there's already a fucking Hector three out there, and there's already yeah. a you know there are just there's there's always a greater force somewhere. You know that's kind of what Hector finds out actually over the course of the movie is there's always an even bigger force at play than mm. himself that he just doesn't have control over and he never will. It's that famous John Lennon quote, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. Yep. 100% true. Yeah. I also love that he seems to be so bored with his mm. life when the movie starts. And the topless girl is like a moment of excitement. Yeah. And then that, he's in way over his head. That just completely unwinds his whole world. Yep. You know? That, well, that, that it's like, learn to, to be happy with what the, you have. The cheating you know? thing. It's yeah. like, he saw something that was titillating and yep. curious and said, what harm could it do to just right. poke around? Yes. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Exactly. Happen, it's, yeah. it's Maybe you could even say, like, one of the big themes of the movie is just like, look, man, learn to take stock of things and realize what you do have. You Dude, know? It's perspective. Yes. Stand outside of yourself Dude, and pers- realize. Literally perspective. Because when he sees himself... He realizes I don't want that guy to have what I have. Yes, I want it. I want it, and that. it's even though he's got it, it's a, he's he watching himself have it. Just, have yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. All right. So here's a question that I yes. that I will ask because this is the most confounding thing about this okay. movie to me, and could answer all of the questions if it's answerable. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Oh, yeah, he was, sits down next to his wife. Yeah. She sees him all bruised, yeah. and he says, it's a great line because now he knows the weather even, which yes. no one can predict. I know, I love that. He says, don't worry, we still have time before before it starts before raining rain. or something like yeah. that. What happens? The cops are called. We so There is a dead body in his yeah. house. Is he off the hook? Well, I don't know. So this is what I was trying to figure out. So Like for, his wife's back alive. Yes. If indeed that is what happened. You yeah, know. sure. But also, you know, it's not like anybody would have known his wife was dead. Like, tech, no matter which timeline we're in or which point... Yeah. But I mean, there's a dead cyclist there in his house. There is a dead body uh, on his property, right? With Hector's so, prince or whatever on it. I would think so. Uh, and so, one thing, confirm this for me. Earlier in the movie, when he is, I, I, th- I think he's gone through the Hector 2 cycle and is about to start the Hector 3 cycle, mm. he and the scientists are standing on the hill and they hear the police actually coming up the hill, right? Yeah. Don't we hear sirens? Because we don't hear sirens at the end of the movie, actually, which I oh, thought no, we was do. interesting. We do? Yes. I swear when I watched it last night, I was listening for that, that there were no sirens Oh, no, there the was end. definitely sirens. Yeah. okay. Because even his wife in that time around, she was like, I got so scared I called the police. Right, okay. She's the yeah. one that called. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely sirens. Okay. Okay. I think there might even be cop cars in the vision. 
I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I because I was paying really close attention yeah, yeah, yeah. for that. I, I know for a fact they're, they okay. definitely imply the cops are coming. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I was trying to figure that out. I was like, I don't know if they're implying that maybe he did solve it somehow like this, mm. or if the cops are definitely on their way because we know they are from what we saw earlier. They're in definitely the on the way because the his wife she did call, Clara uh, she says that, say that she called. Yeah. yeah. So I think in that case. There is a dead body there. Here's the thing. His wife is going to know nothing about any of this. Yeah, she yeah. never saw the girl. She never had any interactions with the girl. Scientist is going to be tight-lipped. He's going to be tight-lipped. So it's going to be as much of a discovery for his wife that there's a dead body there as it will be the cops. Mm-hmm. Hector would be the only one with any knowledge of it. And you're right. I guess his fingerprints would be on it. So it's not like he'd have any way. Out. He can't just deny. Well, the other thing is, too, the one thing that I was thinking is there's a ladder there and yeah. a dead body that fell. There's no evidence that, oh, she, that he was yeah. thrown. So she could have just been someone breaking into a renovated house. Yeah. You know, and fell to her death. That's interesting. But then the question is, we have two cars yeah. registered to the scientist that have crashed into one another. Oh, yeah. One of them's... I th- in, yeah. I mean, are, are they both his car? The well, van was... Yeah, maybe the, the car was his and the van was like the was companies. His. The van know? was the companies, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like at the end, the scientist might be the one going. I mean, but the thing is, but I mean, there won't be any evidence that he had anything it won't to do with the girl. To the girl, yeah. yeah. So it's like it's gonna leave a mystery. Yeah, I feel like interesting. But Hector yeah. might. But the thing is, also when the cops show up and find a dead body, and Hector is just beat to shit. I know. But Isn't I he gonna be? I feel like he's at least gonna be a suspect. I mean, he could say like. She attacked me or something. But, I mean, how much is his wife going to go along with, too? She knows so little about what this is and what has happened. Oh, let's take what she knows. Yeah. She saw a guy with bandages in the house. um, Didn't know it was Hector. Right. Um, Oh, so that might be the whole solve right there. That could be She's going to tell a story about a bandaged guy in the house. A dude who came in, broke in, and... She's going to tell a story of a break-in and then a dead body they found outside. she saw Hector and was like, oh, my God, what happened? Right. Because he's all, you know, bloodied up. She probably assumed... So So maybe he did solve it to some degree. Yeah, because he can kind of blame the bandaged man that his wife saw for his injuries, Mm. I would think. You know, there's nobody to say that didn't happen to him, except the scientist, but I would assume he would be tight-lipped. Mm. Right, because he's trying to protect the project. Yeah, yeah. I think he might get away with it. It depends on what story he decides to tell. It's going to be one of those things where it's suspicious, but there's probably not enough evidence right. to, to do anything with anybody. It, uh, uh, unless, because I do think there would be his fingerprints on her body, and that might be enough to send uh, them down a rabbit hole of investigation, at least. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because even like the... Uh, the the jacket that yeah. would be associated with the uh, with the bandage man came out of the trash. Yep, that came out of a dumpster. Yep, um, the bandages would have his blood on it. True, but they're, aren't they never going to find the bandage man? Where would the bandages be at that point in the story? Up on the hill, isn't that where he takes them off? I think he takes them off. He takes them off in the laboratory. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And so, if he takes them off in the laboratory, then we could assume depends that on how much the cleaning yeah. the science does. The science, the science man does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. science man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's know. I want to watch it's, it. I know this is still my favorite movie to watch. Other people watch oh. because they can sit there and have their mind blown while I just watch what they're doing and and investigate yeah. these little things. And because it's so, here's the other thing I love about this movie. We talk about this a lot with movie. You know, it's not like this movie has a twist ending, let's say, but it's one of those movies where there's a trick to it, right? Yeah. And a lot of movies, once they reveal their trick to you, are not all that interesting to watch again. Oh yeah, the House of Cards turns out to be just that. Yeah. yeah. This movie is infinitely rewatchable. It its trick works on me every time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I remember about it, the trick still works on me when I see it again. That's really impressive for what oh, this yeah. is. 
Like it's just a tight little time travel script. Oh, it's, but it's super. It's simple, but it's super thorough yes. about it. There's because that's that's the. I think by doing that that Schrodinger's cat thing, where just about any interpretation is probably going to hold water. Yeah, you you eliminate like like with Back to the Future, everybody yes. always tries to pick it apart and yes. pull apart. You know, just little inconsistencies. Now, whereas I I don't think any of those arguments hold any hold any real water. No. Um, but because of their mechanism of time travel and because of a definitive ending and definitive yes. rules that work a definitive way, you know, of course you're going to be able to say, well, well, what if I what if I tweak it right. this way? What then? Yeah. And it's like, well, it didn't happen in the movie, so just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it's it, it's so perfectly... Uh, you couldn't pull a Jenga piece out of this. It yeah, would, you couldn't. Just, every application, as long as you follow the basic rules of Hector's path, as long as you yes. stay on the path, yes, yeah. everything does fit into itself. Yes. It's like one of those puzzles that... Uh, that oh. you have to like the little ball that you have yeah. to like hold I and love put those. together. Yeah, yeah it's, it's and like then one you of those. like spin it just the right way and it yep. all clicks into place. And just it has to, you know, the ball is there. Yeah. What, what? However, the pieces fit. That's not really what matters. Right. It's, right. We just watch this ball. We just, yeah, we know. But that that's that. what's so fun about it. You can play with the Rubik's cube for years. Yeah. And it's going to be a new challenge each time. Yeah, it's true. I I really uh, for, for some reason that you struck my memory about uh, probably my maybe my favorite part of the movie is just the middle chapter where we're sort of watching him go through the loop the second time mm. because there's this great push and pull of like at first he's like doing the things he's doing because he thinks it's going to change things mm-hmm. and it, like halfway through he realizes he's actually just setting everything up to be what it already was yeah, yeah, for yeah. this all to happen and so then once he starts realizing that even as you're watching it, it's hard to tell what's motivating him. If he's still trying to fix it, or if he now he just is resigned to I'm just I know that the I I pretty much have to do these things, or they're going to happen one well, way or the other. He the there's no moment I feel like where you know he dis, where he like I don't know where he distinctly makes that decision in that realization. It I just know exactly kind of where he happens. makes that decision. He makes the decision when he realizes when he looks in the mirror and sees that he's bandaged, man. Yeah, because then he realizes. I have to get Hector one into the time machine oh, yeah. or else there's two of us. Right. Before then it's just curiosity of, well, yeah. I'm just going to look around yeah. and see who this bandage man, you know, might be. I'm going to look around and just, you know, I'm going to be an outsider and just see what I can figure out for my own curiosity. And then when yeah. he realizes I am bandage man, it's yeah. shit. I am going to have to stab this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm going true. to have to arrange this because if he doesn't get in the machine, there's two of us. Yeah. And he even says later uh, when he tries to break the loop, where he says, I'm going to come back before Hector 2, right. and I'm just going to kill him. Yep. You know, he he essentially says, like, I'll just take care of it. Yep. And the scientist is like, well, then, you know, then there is no Hector 3. Right, you know? right. like, but he's his immediate, from there, he's, you know, he's trying yeah. to fix it. And he has no qualms just killing his younger self. Well, and that's what I, I think is so interesting about the car accident moment is because that is legitimately him trying to kill himself. Mm-hmm. He thinks that will solve the problem. And doesn't remember that that's actually part what of what has it. already happened yep. here. Yeah, and that then that's that push pull is that he goes from because that the first time around the second time on the loop, yeah. like the first repeat. Yes, he goes from I'm just curious to oh man, I actually have to yes. push buttons on this. And then after the wife dies, quote unquote. Yes, he uh, he decides okay, I have to break. I the do loop have to figure this and out. And then relearns like then it becomes fatalistic where yes. it's like oh I. It, no matter what I do to break the loop, it's not breaking because right. I'm just 
I'm making the I'm same I'm actually decisions. still part of these. And that's why it's so yeah. funny when he calls and says, you, you got to stop him from going <laughs> back. Because that's his last piece of damage control, yeah. which is just him saying, we can't, we can't close... I, we can close this loop if we just let it go. Yeah. But no more Hectors, please. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's enough Hectors. I yeah. wanted to get rid of two, and now we're up to three. Yeah. We don't need a fourth. Yeah. Oh, God. This movie is so... I love this movie. It's so good. Uh, I love some of the craft, too, because, again, it's, like, cheap, oh. right? This is a really small, cheap thing. I love the moment that he's at the top of his own staircase, pounding on the door, and every time Foop. he hits the door, we do a snap Foop. zoom a little yep. closer to him. I love that. I see a note right here that says... Zoom door smash. That's it. Dude, <laughs> there it is. that is such a great, simple, small piece of filmmaking that takes a lot of skill to be able to do those snap zooms at exactly, because there's four of them right in a row. Yep. At the exact moment he's hitting that door, it, exceptional talent taken to do that. And it's so effective. Well, this movie is It's nothing. Big on That's zooms. not a special effect. And the zooms are actually tied into the theme, if, if my theory here sure, is correct. Sure, yeah, go. Because there's a couple times where they, have, they start on a tight zoom yep. of, of the scientist's face. There's one, and he explains what's going on. And as he's doing it, you get like a reverse presidential zoom, pulling uh -huh. all the way back until Hector's in the shot. Right. And we get a couple of those. And they're always at moments where Hector is realizing, oh, shit, the picture's bigger as it pulls back. Interesting, yeah. But then as more information, like specific information, the reverse happens. Yeah. It where gets, someone's expositing and it narrows back in. Interesting. And it seems to mirror uh, Hector's motivation at the time. Yeah. Um, as... As he's finding out information about, oh shit, I'm in over my head, it always pulls back. It's getting and it's a bigger, bigger and bigger picture. For and him. then as he gets ideas of, oh, I'm going to smash into How this can fucking I fix door and get some action done, yeah. it gets tighter and tighter on him. Because hit. he's like losing scope of the whole he's thing. He's losing scope. Yeah. yeah. And so not only do they create this, just like a, a, a really smooth cinematic language, like that's a thrilling scene. Yes. But also with exposition, we, we subconsciously get a bigger picture so we do that yeah. but the fact that it mirrors his own his actual motivational arc yeah. that's really smart filmmaking that's really smart when you're working with nothing yeah nothing you know and same with the the path when the lights yep. go on we get a short geography of this path yep we still don't understand the geography of the full place yet right but we just have a man yelling in a walkie talkie yeah. he's coming this way he's coming yep. that way no 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 just stay go slow be quiet yep. Shh, do this thing that's smart filmmaking super effective oh yeah yeah it's uh man, he is such an interesting craftsman, actually, when you think about it. There's one shot when he first crashes in the car before they put yeah. the bandages on his head. And it rests on the car wrapped around it, and we see through the windshield yeah. of him just sitting there. And he's not bloody yet. You kind of see the wound on yes. his head. He turns over his left shoulder, and the camera moves up yep. to look at the road. Yep. And then it comes right back to him. And when it comes back... That's when his head's really bleeding, he's right? covered in blood. His hand's covered in blood. Yeah. So I know that they did that to hide a makeup artist coming in and splashing blood <laughs> on him. But in the moment, it creates this just like... Oh, good. He's okay. Yeah. What happened? Comes yeah. back. Oh, shit. He's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's a really cool narrative moment. Yeah. That is. Because that's know, also what he's going through. It's exactly like, what he's going I'm through. I'm okay? Fuck. Yeah. I'm what not just okay. Happened? Oh, I'm bloody as yeah. hell. And, and then that is, of course, the moment where he becomes Bandage Man and yes. learns that, yeah. that he is Bandage Man has to do it. I love this. We need to, yeah. There just needs to be a. They sequel do call called him the Bandaged Man. Man. Yeah. 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 Um, there's actually a, a time loop movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it called Triangle. Oh, I really like Triangle. Actually. I love Triangle, yeah. but they borrow Bandage Man. Yes, they do. Yeah, I know. They, yeah, they, they pretty much steal Bandage same. Man. But and like the whole concept. That is too. also yeah, the concept's the same, yeah. but it's such a fun concept such to watch fun, that play yes. around in it. Yeah. Is super cool. Yeah, it's but actually yeah. A, a come to think of it, a weird loose remake of Time Crimes. Yeah, it's very similar. Pretty much. Yeah, but um, 
that that shot about you know one of my favorite things and anytime i've ever spoken to anybody who made a movie the my favorite question to ask is what limitations ended up being assets yeah and like that is a perfect example yes the limitation is we we need to get blood on this guy mm-hmm. But then it becomes this beautiful asset where it's like we capture that moment of him going, oh, good, I think I'm okay. Oh, shit, I'm not okay. Yep. And it's just us masking someone splashing some caro yeah. syrup on him. Yep. And like that is, I love that. Me too. Because, yeah, you could have put a squib on him. Yeah, sure. you could have covered him in blood right away. Could have cut a couple different angles so that we yeah, can just, so like, we can just you know, see it. But yeah. instead we get this awesome kinetic shot. Yep. We get this, this brutal kind of gruesome moment. Yep. We get a great piece of character work. Mm-hmm. And it's all in service of hiding a makeup artist. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, the, and that's when you take these limitations and apply them to make strong storytelling. And that's just the finest moment of it. Yeah. That. You know what I'm thinking about as you're talking about that? I'm pretty sure. So he gets beat the fuck up over the course of this oh, movie. Yeah. I think entirely by himself. Yeah, pretty much. I think every injury he incurs is the result of himself. He gets stabbed, he gets in, stabbed the shoulder. in the arm by himself. He gets in a car accident by, by himself. himself. He gets the table thrown at him by himself. By himself. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that almost is, every injury uh, is self-inflicted. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is like just part of the weird, like kind of physical He's comedy in a of the whole thing. Spiral. Yeah. Yes, you know, yes, he, he just is. really is falling apart. That's true. I, I loved. I think it was A.A. Dowd wrote that yes. AV Club one because I read that too when I was researching on this. Yep, I thought and that it was really a great does article. mirror that. Yes, it does. Whether it was purposeful or not. Sure. Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? Yep. It, the, it matches up. I mean, but that's also... It's a great thematic interpretation exactly. of what's happening. And in and of itself, that's a character we all know too well. Yes. Is the guy who thinks he's all-powerful and discovers that he just cannot control yeah. chance. Yeah. Cannot do it. And oftentimes we've seen it applied to... Uh, one, one of the best applications of it, every sitcom has done this. The guy on two dates at the same restaurant. Yep. Uh, but he's got to go in the bathroom and come out. He's the surfer dude. Yeah. And he's got to go and come out. He's the business dude. Yeah, yeah. And then lo and behold, he goes to the wrong table. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Doubtfire did it. Yes, and it was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, it, that is a classic thing that we're watching here is bandage man, non-bandage man. Yep. And then, you know, third party. Like Hector one is always the third party who's yes. clueless. Yes. And watching the three of them intermingle, you know, just, uh, and in, in a way, it's a meditation on wisdom. Because yeah. I always look back and go, man, if I knew what I knew now, yep. five years ago, things yep. would be different. And it just goes all the way back. And five years from now, I'm going to know something Same that 32-year-old yep. me is just should Devastated have. you didn't know. It's all about that wisdom. you yeah. know. And like, it's not until Hector 3 realizes, don't, don't go back. Right. You know, that, that right. he's truly free, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And so it ends up becoming a meditation on wisdom as well. And that's why I wonder if at the end, so like we have that nice little little conversation about like what does happen at the end? Does he get yeah, away? Yeah. Does he not get away? That To me, that really becomes a question of what lesson did Hector learn over the course of this? Mm-hmm. Did he learn to take responsibility for himself? Because if he did, he's going to get arrested because he's going to go own up to murdering a girl. Or he actually didn't learn anything. No, no. And he's going to get away with it. He very clearly learns one thing, whether it's a super valuable lesson. Right, yeah. It's he pulls his wife out, and they sit down. Yeah. And they relax. Yeah. And he learns the value of contentment. Yes, I yeah. Think. I would agree. And because even she's like, hey, can we? And he goes, shh. Yeah. En- enjoy, <laughs> the, enjoy now. He, what does you he know? say? He has a great line. He tells her to be quiet, and he says, uh, just relax. That's yeah. what he says. He goes, just relax. Just relax. Yeah. And I, and I think he learns that lesson like that John Lennon quote, which is just, you know, have your goals, do that thing and all that, but absolutely 100% 
be content with what you have, and there is value in living in the now. Yeah. By living in the past, he he ended up <laughs> living in the past was hell. Yeah, living in the past because and it it took him being jealous of his past self. Because yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying is I look back and go, man. If I had what I have now with yeah. the time I had then, five years ago, yeah. and here I am, I am jealous yeah. of 27-year-old Dan. Yeah. Meanwhile, 32-year-old Dan has this wisdom that he's wishing he's he could apply. He's better off, kind of, yeah. And it's like, I have that wisdom. Yeah. I have less time. Yeah. But I have the wisdom, apply it. Enjoy and it So now. I think he does learn to live That's in the now and appreciate yeah. the moment. Yeah. So he does complete an arc. Yeah. Um, you know, in order to decide whether he learned about taking responsibility is something that I, I just don't think the movie, the movie doesn't has really the get information there, yeah. for. Yeah. And and if it did, then we would lose the closed loop yeah. idea of it, which I, I think is more valuable. You're right, yeah. But he does learn about living in the moment for sure. and appreciating what he has. Because even at the beginning, you know, they're renovating, oh, he's they're renovating so an bored. old house. Yeah. That And that is another aspect of just taking something old and yep. applying what you have now to it. Yeah. He's renovating an old house. Um, his wife is making a table. He's like, ah, you're never going to fit in there. I'm going up to bed. <laughs> you know, and so he learns, like, maybe I should have sat out there and spent some time yeah, with right. fire. You know, yeah. maybe I should be happy that we have this house. Yes. You know, it's... Yeah. That's what... <laughs> they even say... Um, She's like, yeah, I'll go into town. Maybe a store is still open. Yeah. Which is, once again, an argument about time. Which uh-huh. is like, we don't have a lot of food in the fridge, but you know, maybe if we have more time. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's wild. Oh, God. This movie is so good. Top to bottom. And that's the thing, too, is I was watching Colossal. Yes. And I thought, oh, what a great gimmick. Yeah. I really enjoy seeing uh, Vigilando apply some kind of thematic idea to it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was a new thing. Mm-hmm. And then I realized watching Time Crimes, that's not a new thing. That's right. been his interest since day one. For sure. Whereas Time Crimes is more suited to my taste. Yes. And I think Colossal's a little bit slow to start, but I, it really comes together in a beautiful way. Yeah. But the thematic density is is absolutely there. Yeah. And then I realized now, oh, that's not a new thing. Right. Um, I just got hung up on the novelty. Yes. And that's his strength to me as a filmmaker is that he opens the door with novelty yep. and then massages into your brain this like really cool idea. Totally agree. I mean, I think that's the the kind of the brilliance of this movie is it's like a backdoor, as a lot of science fiction ends up being, but it's kind of like a backdoor think piece. It's like it gets you there with the just the heady genre concept, mm-hmm. but then it keeps you there with the, the real interest it has in the characters and what they're going to learn over the course of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as just investigating like what the fuck actually happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's a it's a theme park ride of a of a movie character. Yes. You know, like you, yeah. it it demands being wrestled with, and then as a result, of course, you're going to mine some sort of weight out of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you want to talk about the potential remake of Time Crimes, or do you have more? Uh, let me just check. Or do you have more Spanish this. Time Crimes to talk about? Um, let's see, I have the head wound shot. Girl's shirt has cats. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of trying to watch this movie because I think we can find answers if we watched it just from the point of view of the scientist, yeah, or just from the point of view of Clara. Oh um, yeah. See what I have. I think that is everything. Oh, I actually wrote this note. I wish I could go back in time to watch this for the first time. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, this is the other thing. Yes. The um the the theme music, it's the song that's on when he's in his house. It's oh, yeah. also the closing credits uh, music is yep. Picture This by Blondie. Oh. And the one line is all I want is 2020 vision. <laughs> that's like the one big line. And it in the the meaning of the song is Debbie Harry's singing. 
I wish I could see clearly now. The rain is gone. What I would see. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we all say hindsight is yes. twenty twenty. Yeah. And so that fits into that whole living yeah. right now thing. Her song is singing. I wish I had twenty twenty vision now. Yes. But I'm not gonna have it. Until I know the future, I won't. Yeah. You know. And so I wish I had. All yeah. I want is twenty twenty vision. That's so interesting. And so that's such a great song to have yeah. chose. And it got me thinking too. Like, there's a couple of background news reports that we hear that are in Spanish that aren't subtitles. I know. I was thinking that, that. I want to know what they say. Me too. But vice versa, we get the gift of a Spanish-speaking audience would hear that song and not get that little nod. Right. They might not. Yeah. So it's like there's a little bit for everybody. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, man, I wish the. I bet no. No. There's probably something. There's probably something interesting Even in those just news reports. Just a silly gag. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. it's something. Yeah. But I love that song. 2020 vision. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think that's everything. I have a note here that I just said it teaches you the format of time travel, then strategically removes pieces of knowledge and hides them for you to recognize <laughs> yes. yourself. Yep. And so it it puts us. It actually, th- this is one where uh, uh, Hector is such a good audience surrogate because we literally only know as much as him yep. at any given moment. Yeah. We there is never any dramatic irony. We, we never know more. The holder of the irony is the scientist, mm-hmm. and we don't speak to him about it. Yeah. So we only know what Hector has. Yeah. Dude, the, ah, the scientist is such a good character. Such a good character. So, uh, that was one, too. The first time I watched it, I was like, man, who is that guy? He looked familiar. I, I was like, oh, wrote and directed it. I know. Okay. I, I, yeah. the, I was Got like, it. As I was sitting back down to watch it, I was like, I wonder who played that guy. I remember liking him a lot. And then I like start watching the movie, and I'm like, Oh, that is Nacho Vigalondo. Like yeah. I didn't even realize it until I was in the movie. It has to be. He's it, the architect yep. of this whole thing. Yep. It's got if um I, I think it's VHS three that his thing is. Yeah. I don't know if you remember what the I don't, story I was. I didn't see the third one, so I may not have seen his then. Okay. Well what it is, and I won't say too much, yeah. is this guy, he's just a scientist. Yeah. He fires up his machine and it's a portal. Yeah. And looking at him from the other side of the portal is him, yeah. the scientist who just built a portal to uh-huh. this parallel world. So they both realize, wait a minute, yeah. we both live in parallel worlds and at the same time invented we this item. these machines on. And we turned it on and now we can do it. Five minutes. Yeah. I'll go in your world, you go in mine for a little bit. Uh-huh. And then, of course, yes. you know, we find that Everything the worlds unwinds. are not yeah. as similar as they seem. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting oh, and gruesome. Cool. Yeah. But it, it, it's a great, it's another great thing of just like, it almost has the same themes as Time Crimes of just using this weird sci-fi element to explore the idea of contentment with what Be you have. Be happy with what you got, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Curiosity's great, uh-huh. but it'll but kill Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's worth checking out. It's cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, there is an American remake on the way of Time Crimes, supposedly. I, here's the thing. I, I, I heard things. I, I know Spielberg was producing. Yep. Um, I forget how to pronounce his name. Steve Zylon. Oh yeah, Zalian. Zalian. He was supposed to write yes. and or direct. I remember that. Um, it's one of those things though that just. I mean, Time Crimes is ten years old now. Uh, yep. Uh, and they've been talking about doing this for years. I first saw Time Crimes after it had like buzz when it first came out. So I maybe saw it maybe a year after it came yep. out, and they were talking about it then. Then. So whether it will happen or not, might not. I don't know if it were to happen. I would love for them to use the same function and the same idea to tell a different story. That's actually like, a good once point. Once again, to jump on Ghost in the Shell, to, to its credit, it doesn't tell the same story as oh, the first two movies. Yeah. It takes a couple of the shots and yep. recreates them because you know you want to see yeah. the eye candy, but it tells it's like iRobot. Yeah. It doesn't tell any of the stories from the iRobot yeah. anthology, but it tells the story concept. with those concepts yeah. and rules. Mm-hmm cool yeah so i would like to see that uh, we already got it though with triangle yes yeah know? and so but I- i'm in i'm in you know so yeah i'm in 
so one of the things we wanted to talk about then was who do you cast? Who plays these? So if it's, let's say it's a typical American remake, which is to say they literally just remake this movie. They don't take your suggestion, which I think is actually the smart way to go and use these elements to sort of create a, a new story. Let's say they do the standard thing, an old boy thing, and just make the same movie. American cast, or I guess we don't have to say American cast, but you know, yeah, just well, I mean, we Stan- can say standard American Hollywood cast, cast. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Cast. standard Hollywood cast. Who plays these roles? I know you had like quite a few ideas. I've got a pretty settled on cast that I that I like and I'm interested in. Well, I'll list off my. Can we Hector. start with the scientist? Actually, okay, let's start. With Here's the why I want to start with the scientist. There is one guy that jumped out in my mind immediately, and it's the reason I don't want to cast him because he has played this character so many times already. Were you gonna say Jeff Goldblum? Not actually, no. I was going to say another Jeff. Jeff, you're right. Oh, okay. I would say Jeff Goldblum's actually on my list of Hectors. Oh, that's a good yeah. one, actually. That's a really good one. Jeffrey no, Wright's Jeffrey a Wright. really he good. Literally one. was designed in a test tube to be this character. Yeah. He's and played this character Westworld, in a bunch of literally designed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's played this character a bunch of times before. That's why I don't want to see him. Like this is the that's character he played in uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal time travel movie. Oh, uh, source code. Source code. Yeah. He already played this character. It's one of my movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so good. Um. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He's actually perfect for he's, that. He's good, yeah. Well, that's why I didn't a, want to cast him. I got a good idea for him, though. This jumps into when we recast Jaws. Yeah. I love, as a scientist in over his head, I love the idea of Seth Rogen doing it. Oh, yes. Um, I actually had that thought, too. Because he was my my main one of my main choices to replace Richard Dreyfuss. Right. In, in, uh, who Richard Dreyfuss, also on my list of Hectors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, to do the scientist. But then I also, and it's funny that these two guys popped in my head because they're both in Kong. For the scientist, I have Corey Hawkins. Uh-huh. He was the Hollow Earther. Yep. He was Dr. Dre. Yep. Um, He'd be great. Because in Kong, he kind of does play that character. Yes. Um, Are you going to say who my choice is? Toby Kebbell? No, actually, okay. but that's great. Toby Kebbell was the other one. He was, um, And the reason I pick him is he actually plays a really good character in an episode of Black Mirror. Yes, he does. That's I love much that much more of a Hector character than yes. a scientist one. But I, there's just something about him. I think he could play that. Uh, he was the dad in a monster calls. He was yeah. oh, he was the titular character in Rock and Rolla. Oh, he has I my favorite line: "Don't at me, Arch. I'm only Lil." <laughs> um, but he's such a chameleon like that. Yeah. But I think he could be cleaned up to play like a proper scientist. That that's my list of. Scientists. I think John C. Riley would be awesome as the scientist on my list of Hectors. He would be a great Hector. I thought about that yeah. too. He's, uh, he would be good. I think he would be a great scientist because the scientist needs to be somebody that like. You have to believe that this guy would spend a weekend there simply because he's not going to get to see it when they turn it on. Yeah. yeah. That's his whole reason that he's there, is they were going to turn it on without me. The thing is, he's almost... Because I think he's a good choice for that. I think he would be a better Hector. Yeah. Because I've seen I've seen Magnolia. Yes. John C. Reilly yes. can do drama. Oh, he yeah. He can do it hard. Oh, yeah. But Hector's also... Like, he's tragic, but he's... He's, he's comedic, he's a, too. He's a buffoon. Yeah. And there's no one better at playing the tragic buffoon, even in Chicago, I would agree. than than uh, you know, than uh, 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 what's his name, John C. Riley. I have such a juicy. He's a little bit too goofy for me for the scientist. Yeah, because the scientist almost has a deer in headlights way about yes. him. But I mean, I'd watch it. I think Riley I could do it. I don't think he's a bad choice. No, I just I like him better. I have such Hector. a juicy Hector choice that I didn't even think about him. For okay, Hector. that was why. Well, then I let me let me rattle off my my not. Number one, Hector's. Please. And I'll save my Please. juiciest one. So I had John C. Riley, yep. Jeff Goldblum, yep. Richard Dreyfus, yep. Peter Stormare. Oh. If he could drop his accent yeah. and play, because he can do goofy. Yes, I've he can. I've seen him do goofy. Yeah. He can do Fargo. Uh-huh. I've seen him do Fargo, and uh-huh. he's terrifying. And then the other I one, like that. Liam Neeson. Dude. <laughs> do you think he could be like schlubby enough, though? I feel yes. like that schlubby thing is part of it. 
I don't know if he can, but I, I want it so bad that yeah. I'm seeing it. Um, I was remember when he was on that when he you know the list. I make lists. What was that Ricky Gervais thing that he did? Oh, uh, extras. So it's very. There wasn't extras though. It was Life is Short. The oh, one that, with yes, Davis. that's the one he was on. Yeah. It shows that he gets comedy. Totally. The thing is, he's playing the what we now have as the Liam Neeson Old man trope star, yeah. of you know. But then I think of something like like A Team, yeah, where he's a, he's a little bit lighter, but he still light. doesn't quite get to the buffoonery. Yeah, I think he could play it would buffoonery because um, he's a big bear of a man yeah. like that. You know, he's he's a grizzly bear. He's just he reminds me actually he would be my choice to if they ever did the remake of Tony Erdman. Uh, oh, over Nicholson, yeah, because he could do that. But then the question is, whereas Nicholson, I know can do goofy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just don't know if Liam Neeson can do it. But I just, I really want to see it. He was very good as good cop, bad cop in Lego Movie. Yeah, that's which true. is not a physical performance, so it's hard to say. But he, I mean, that's a really strong comedic performance. Oh yes. Yeah. The thing is, though, tragically losing a wife to a head wound is something that he may not want to touch. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. And so I, I'm sitting on my number one choice, who I think is brilliant. I do. T- I think mine is too. I'm very curious if we're going to say the same person. Okay, who do you got? Colin Farrell. No, no, not at all. But uh, I actually sort of in the same thing. But Colin Farrell's great. Post Lobster. Yeah. Where he was a little bit chubby in that. Yeah. And we know he does have like he can do kind of a tragic comedic thing. Oh yeah. I actually think he would like. He's not even an actor. I'm actually crazy about necessarily. Mm-hmm. I've seen him be very good in quite a few things more recently than than uh, in the past, but. I'm not even crazy about him, but when I thought about Hector, all I could think about was him. Something That's about That's him. That's a really good choice. If he just put on a couple pounds like he did in The Lobster, and he's just a little bit, you know, because I like that schlubby thing that, that oh, yeah. Hector has going on. Oh, did you ever see Horrible Bosses? Yeah, yes. He's yeah. great in that. Yes. He runs away with that. I really think he could play that line of, this is pretty tragic. He's like a fool. Yeah, 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 but he's also funny in how much he's a fool. You yeah, know? and and he he's determined to fix it. Yes, yeah. I mean that's actually he I plays a be... very similar character in Lobster. Yes, exactly. You know where it's just okay. I'm go- I'm going to play the game. I'm going to beat the game. Yes. and he has no idea that the game is yeah, just so I much. Yeah, I think he would be him. great in that role. That's not bad. Yeah. All right, my that was my big juicy pick. What's my yours? big juicy pick is Liev Schreiber. Dude, yeah, that's a fucking. And the I reason why is because his wife is Naomi Watts, who is my <laughs> perfect Clara. Yes. I, I think Liev Schreiber, because I've seen him do straight-up goofy. I've think about seen him, him in the do ten. very, very serious and scary. The 10 is perfect. Such a perfect example of what tragic, he would need to be. Yeah. But he's very, very, very goofy. Very funny, yeah. I think he'd be good at it. He would be good. He might... Nah, I, I, you know, I would say he might end up being a little too wink and nod, but he's a better actor than that. If, I think he is. If we said don't wink and nod, he would know how to pump the brakes on it. I think so. Yeah, yeah he's a great choice. He would be really interesting in that role. Liev Schreiber. And so Naomi Watts is your wife? Naomi Watts is my wife. My other wife was Rosaria Dawson. Oh, I like that. And the only reason I picked Rosaria Dawson is because my bicycle girl, my dream one, was Janelle Monet. <laughs> and so I needed to have them just have at least the same skin tone, which they, they don't even have the same skin, but it's right. closer than Naomi Watts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Naomi Watts fits the same build to me as Clara did mm-hmm. where like she's very pretty mm-hmm. but not in like that supermodel way she mm-hmm. like I always love Naomi Watts because she's like she's like real pretty yeah and that ends up being what she transcends to be the bombshell superstar yes like she's not Ginger Gilligan's Island you know superstar <laughs> but she can do that oh yeah she can be uh what you know Faye Ray in King Kong she yeah. does that yeah and captures that but like when she just plays housewife she's that too i i love naomi Watts. me too you know and she actually does both of them she plays a fantasy version of that in in Mahalan Drive uh-huh. as well as just wild-eyed normal person in over her head 
And so she just matched Clara for me perfectly because Clara was someone where I was looking. I'm like, this is a very, very attractive, regular looking mm-hmm. woman. Uh, pretty much for all the same reasons. Isabel Huppert was my wife. She's my choice for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I think, yeah, I, I almost, the she's almost too canny though. That's the thing. Like she always seems so true. cocky and able. Yeah, but. I, I wouldn't put it past her talent. I had the, my biggest problem trying to figure out who I would want to be the wife is that the character of the wife is a very important character to the story, but has so little to do that I was like, man, who do I even put in this role? Because they're mostly just going to get wasted. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they're most their talents are mostly going to be wasted on this role. Uh, it's important, so you want somebody talented enough to make sure that key figure is like oh she's the book represented uh, yeah, right a million different you know? times yeah. uh but she doesn't get a lot to do so they're being like underserved by it in some way that was my big uh the thing that got that. me is they felt married yes it, almost immediately yes. and i think that's a testament to this actress and her performance Agreed. i wish i could get her name off the top of my head but uh yeah i don't know it either they they appeared married yes they appeared to really love and care about one another yes. and you can actually throughout the course of the movie almost see like when he was a young more able man his curiousness and, yeah. and sort of mis- you know mischievousness is what would draw in this woman who you know very clearly was probably a young hot thing at yeah. one point. Yeah. I can see them as a young couple. I can see them aging into an older couple. Yeah. So I buy their marriage immediately. Agreed. Uh, okay, so let's talk the cyclist because I had trouble with the cyclist because I think there's like a really key component of the cyclist, mm. which is so multiple times she ends up trusting hector kind of when like definitely no you should not trust that person there's she no goes with them to help him yeah yeah and so there needs to be a thing that which the, the actress in this is great because she does make me believe that she is just sympathetic and just naive enough to try and help this guy when mm. she clearly should not you know what i mean like to me he he hits a level like a peak pretty early of like Something weird's going on here. Walk away from this man. Well, and she does try to run. She does. Oh, and yeah. Th- then it becomes a thing she of force. She needs to be really smart like yeah, yeah, for sure. So here was my thought for that. Okay. Gillian Jacobs. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. I think that she has, because she's got to have like a really striking look, because yeah, she's yeah, got to yeah. be, she really has to draw him, like before topless she's anything. She's got to be a bookmark. She's yeah. got to draw him in, you know? Um, but she also has to be capable yeah, that's of true, playing. that's true, because I guess the first time he sees her, She's close. Is close. She's so that actually almost nullifies what I was saying before about her ultimately being dead when he first sees her because that's right. She's standing there. She is. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Like, Look thoughtful. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty good. But she, we gotta be. We have to believe those moments where she like kind of trusts him even though she shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like Gillian Jacobs would like. And she nailed even captured that. too the whole idea of like I probably shouldn't be trusting right. him, but, but I, I gotta help I view him. myself I have, as a good yes, person. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. have this sympathy that I need to like act on. Yeah. That's a good choice. I, I think she would be good at that. I had Rooney Mara. Oh, dude, that's a great choice. Yeah. She's, but she's also like, she comes across sometimes as a little too morose. Yeah. And that might damage it. But then again, like in Lion, she was glowing. Okay. Um, you know, she had to play somewhat morose foil to his, uh, you know, I, I got to get home and I can't be held down. Yeah. But she is a more hopeful role, whereas, you know, we're conditioned to see her as social networks, you know, the, yes. the spite girl that spawns the whole thing. Right. Like, I would almost and, think uh, of her as maybe you know, Elizabeth Salander from uh, 
dragon tattoo. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I almost think of Mara as being maybe a little too clever to even get involved in the situation, yeah, if that but makes I also, sense. If they played it a little different, I could see her being curious. About yes. To do yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so she was, she was, this is a tough one to cast. She yeah. was one, because like the movie that would get made, I guarantee you it would be Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, yes, it yes, would, yes. And, she and she'd would be a way bigger component of the story. She'd be exactly. a little more focused on. She'd be great for it. Um, she would. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, when I think she was essentially that role in, in Swiss Army Man oh, yeah. and ran away with it, and she was a surprise appearance, yeah. and they didn't overuse her star That's power. true. She That's might true. actually be pretty She would be good, actually. Yeah. The other one is, I'm just going to run through the cast of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Every female character oh, of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I was Pilgrim, literally going to say her, too. Hill would be awesome for oh, it. that's not who I was going to say, but yeah. yes, she would be. Who are you going to say? Uh, Brie Larson. Oh, yeah. Also in Scott Pilgrim. She would also be great. Also would probably be good. Yeah, actually, she would be really good. Right? But she's Oscar winner now. She's Oscar winner yeah. now. Move she, on. Yeah, get yeah. out of here. Get out of here. Go go <laughs> make some classy shit. Yeah. Like Kong. Yeah, that's this is a that was a tough one. Rumar yeah. and Janelle Monet were the first because I just want I Janelle do like Monet those, and everything because she's the best. She's great. But uh, yeah, Rooney Mara was the first one that popped in my head, and I I couldn't replace her. With I like those else. choices. They uh, I think they work. I uh, yeah, I'll be. In, I think that your suggestion though is way better, which is just like take the basic elements here and and tell a different story. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to be the story of a a bored husband and who All sees a topless woman in the woods. Our back machine. Yep. That's it. And, yeah, and, and, and a, a filmmaker that's interested in telling a layered story like the that. The series of mistakes could be anything. Anything. They don't yeah. need to be centered on a topless girl in the woods. They don't need to be centered on a car accident. They don't need to be... You know what I mean? It could mm-hmm. be any series of mistakes. As long as they're, like, tightly interwoven with each other. That's mm-hmm. the really important piece is just how they're woven together. Uh, and I guess you would have to... You would hope they come up with some strong theme to run underneath all of it too because like that's part of why this movie works so well i think is not just because it's a perfect puzzle box but because the you know the the lines between all those puzzle pieces actually oh, yeah, are yeah. like a real thing you, you know? get that story about yeah. looking outside yourself yes. about living the yeah, yeah you need to use that device to say something else. yeah because uh, that's like when you look at back to the future the other best time travel movie is yes. that that is a story about making about making good decisions yes you know that is a story about thinking about the future mm-hmm. when you're living in the present. Yeah, you know, right. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of yep. what that's about. You know, it, the whole Marty's whole arc is learning to, you know, to, to what's the word to check his ego. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yes. you know, that's, he, he doesn't get in the, the accident with the Rolls Royce. Right. You know? He learns to check his ego and he learns to think the, the future isn't written yet. So right. make it a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so like, that's the, th- you know, they need to come up with some kind of new theme that isn't that that isn't the time crimes thing right that is based around because that that to me if i remember correctly is what triangle was lacking yes triangle was more about just let's have fun it's with a really fun puzzle great device yep. um predestination was that yes. and that had a different functioning timeline for and sure was much wider scoping even though a small scale thing yes and that was if I remember correctly, because I've only seen it once. That's also just a puzzle box. It's mostly. just a puzzle box. Yeah. It's more about us just being like, oh, man, that's crazy, yeah. and playing with the concept. Yes. And so, yeah, you need to, in keeping with the spirit of time crimes, you would need to do that. Yeah. And in keeping with the title, there'd have to be a crime. Yes, yeah. You that's know, that, oh, that's true, actually, yeah. Well, that was another thing that I read, was that if we read it as, um, you know, none of this was supposed to happen, and just his curiosity got the better of him, Ultimately, he does commit one time crime, and that is the death of a young girl. Yes, you yep. know, and so it's like, there's your crime. Yeah, and you know, 
That's why I was, it is. That's why I was kind of getting into that thing at the end where it's like, well, I don't know. What do we actually believe about him at the end? Yeah. Will yeah. he turn himself in or not? You know? And I think you're right, though, is the movie does not really direct us one way or the other yeah, as yeah, to yeah. whether that would happen. He just commits a time crime. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. That's so, oh, it's so God, good. It is. This movie is so good. Yeah. I, I, I like... Uh, it's perfect. I, I really don't think there's anything I'd change about it. Th- I totally agree. This is one of those movies that's like, lifetime pass, Nacho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make whatever you want. For the rest of your career. And he's a filmmaker that has not been tapped no. to do any... Like, this, his new one stars Anne Hathaway, yep. Jason Sudeikis. Yep. Um, it's got a... Oh, what's his name? He's in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, who plays uh, Pete? Brother Pete? Maybe. Uh, he's a John three-namer. Turturro? Not John Turturro. Oh, not oh, George Clooney. He's oh, a three-namer. motherfucker. I know that dude. He... Uh, oh, God. He's in that movie where... Uh, I think he even directed it where uh, Edward Norton plays his own twin. Yes, he did direct that. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson, yeah. And he's great in Colossal. Oh, he's so, like, so but good. Here's, this is a, a movie that... You know, it, it it is defined by its limitations. I mean, sure. they, they don't... It's very much a, a low key movie, yep. you know. By by having the uh, kaiju attacks happen in, uh, which is so funny, in Seoul, Korea, Seoul, <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. Um, you know, it keeps the budget small yep. and all that. But like, this is a mainstream movie. Yeah. And he's he hasn't been tapped to Star Wars. He hasn't. No, yeah. I I hope that if he does, awesome, great. I'll but be I I want Vigalando to just continue making his Me movies. Too. Yeah. Me too. They're like so I recommend good. people see Open Windows. Yeah. If you look at it, it's, up, a good it's movie. got very mixed reviews. People are all over about it. I think it's a really great movie. It's still some. It, I actually I've only seen it once. I've been meaning to watch yeah. it again, especially after really enjoying Colossal. Yeah. I was like, I really want to go back because I watched it and it was one where. I was so wrapped up in the novelty and the fun of the device yeah. that I think I and, and actually just being blown away how Sasha Gray is a great actress. She's great in it, and just ended up kind of probably losing. You know, like the first time I watched Time Crimes, where I went, "Wow, neat!" Yeah, and so I'd like to watch that again. Yeah, I, I bet there's something on. I about think there's it. some really interesting stuff going on in this movie, and if I might recommend this to people. Do a digital download on that one and watch it on your laptop screen. Oh, yes. It will bring you into that movie in a way I can't even explain. I rented that one on iTunes and watched it on my iPad, and then like two days later, it was on Netflix. (laughs) Yep. I think it is on Netflix now. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. It is worth watching on a portable device of some kind because it will actually bring you into the experience of the movie in a really interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's a creative filmmaker. He's He's great. Even if. I know that even if he wrote a movie that was a stinker, which he hasn't, they've all been great to masterful. Yeah, because like even even Colossal, which took me a while to to find its Kinda vibe, like get into it. Yeah. A second time around, it might even be that might be a problem. It took me a while to find its vibe, but when it did, I was floored. Yeah. Um. Even if he made a movie that was a stinker, I would know that at least I'm gonna watch a really cool concept be explored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I gotta say. The thematic, I, I won't spoil anything, yeah. but in Colossal, what he thematically tries to tackle is so relevant, so on point, and because of the device, it actually touches upon it touches upon the idea of personal responsibility and the idea of just the way people but generally men try to own people based on well i've done this for you yeah so now you know it, but it it goes into this whole thing of personal ownership. responsibility ownership and personal responsibility yeah. in a way that if talked about at face value would cause people to just shut down yeah and instead it plays <laughs> because it's a, big monster battles well it's big monster yeah. battles so you have this idea about because that's the hardest thing for anyone to understand is personal responsibility yeah it is an aspect in everything we do mm-hmm. um and it just 
he just really touches upon it in a way here where I was like, wow, this is a lesson that I think we all need to have just reinforced and retold. Yeah. And if someone just straight out said it, everyone's reaction, including my own, would be like, you can't do that. Stop. <laughs> It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so excited it's to see that. Stuff. That was mostly why I wanted to do it, this really for this funny. episode. Is I just I really I'm excited to see Colossal, and I feel like more people need to know Nacho Vigalondo's name and get excited about Colossal. Oh, absolutely. And, and Vigalondo, we're tweeting this at you because I want you yeah, to hear it for so sure. We can ask you some questions. Oh, I would love to pick his brain. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, he's one of the best. Yeah. Probably the most exciting filmmaker I think working today. Yeah, I love him. And uh, by the most way, most exciting storyteller. I'll yeah, because that is that's what he does well. And hey, don't feel bad about casting yourself in more of your own movies. I thought you were pretty damn yeah. good in this movie, Nacho. I really does he show you. up in extraterrestrial? I, I don't know. I didn't see that, see that, that one. A while ago. And I don't You'd remember like if he's in. I know. One. I really want to see it. That actually stars. Did you ever see the the Last Circus? No. It's like a crazy Spanish clown horror movie. Whoa. Well, it's like it's. It's this guy who plays a sad clown, oh. and but he gets involved in a crazy carnival battle and all that. Yeah. It's really wild, but yeah. he's in it. The actor who plays him, he's wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's cool. Oh, I love it. Well, Nacho, be in another movie. We like you. Yeah. I think you're great. Keep making them. Keep making them, bud. Uh, you want to close up with some plugs? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on everything, Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, Facebook, all that. Just my name, Dan Scully, at Dan Scully on Twitter, all that fun stuff. You can check out my writing on Cinadelphia.com. Cinadelphia, that's uh, cine, like cinema. Yes. I always C-I-N-E. realize I mumble that, yes. And CinadelphiaFilmFestival.com is where you can get updates of the upcoming film festival. A lot of, lot, a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. And Filamoca will be decked out Ooh. in posters from the Deadly Prey Gallery. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and so I actually interviewed the curator Did th- you? a couple days ago. Really interesting guy. Awesome. And I learned a lot about the Gainan uh, uh, film business. Yeah. And so go check it out. There's really a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's just a, a cool event that happens every year. And you can, uh, you, Movie Movie's been part of it in the past. You oh, yeah. can come be a part of it, too. And everything is cheap as shit. Yes. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So please come check it out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Philadelphia. That's with an F. I review every movie I watch over on Letterboxd, uh, which I love doing. I also have been uh, doing a pretty cool series over on Farsighted Blog. Oh, called... these are great. Do you like those? I'm so glad that you liked, uh, what's it, uh, uh, Maniacs. Uh, yeah, 2000 Maniacs. 2000 Maniacs. Yeah. I love that movie. That movie's really great. That's great. I really... yeah. You should see Scum of the Earth. Okay. It's Fascinating. You have all of these now, right? I do. We yes. should just do movie movies of some of oh, them. Oh, we should, yeah. actually. Yeah. I'll, I'll, once I get, so I'm watching, uh, I'm doing a thing on uh, farsightedblog.com called Splatter Matters, where I'm going through a 14 film box mm. set recently released by Arrow Video on Herschel Gordon Lewis, uh, the godfather of gore, as they call him. Uh, so I'm. Uh, you can find my reviews of uh, 14 of his movies. I've done three so far, but I'm making my way through them. It's great. Yeah. I've been enjoying those a lot. Farsightedblog.com. It's funny because two years ago, you like didn't even like horror. I, nope. And now you're doing like an expose on one of the legends. And, a, and a good one. Like Thank an informed you, yeah. and good one. Well, I, and it's highly fun, compliment. It's kind of fun for me because I don't have the context that I feel like most people that would write about him do. If that's that valuable sense. to the writing. I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm coming at it very fresh. I don't well, it's like, almost like you're coming at it with the mind of the original audience. Right. Which you won't find because they're all dead or sullied by having just had it inundated with right them. exactly so I, I get to come at these with like fresh eyes kind of and it's uh, it's a lot of fun it's cool uh so you can find that over on uh, farsightedblog.com uh, i also still write for thatentertains.com uh and uh look up our show we're on uh twitter facebook tumblr i like two movie that's numeric two uh and uh you could send us uh, an email at gmail.com 
our next episode Yo, is a yes. very special episode. Um, we've got a really cool guest coming in. I'm going to let you do this, though, because yeah. you know the names. Yes, this is uh, Faye Merman. Uh, she is an old friend of mine who is directing a documentary that I believe is going to be called Humongous. I think that's what it's going to be called. It's about uh, a guy who uh, is apparently very well known in the Mad Max fan community, which is a thing, as portraying Lord Humongous at all of these fan events. Uh, and so she has made a documentary about the Mad Max fan community, specifically the fan community that has sprung up around Road Warrior. I guess it's like very specific to that movie. Uh, and uh, this in particular, this guy, Lord Humongous. Uh, Faye is going to come in. We're going to talk to her next week about her movie. We're going to talk to her about Road Warrior. So if you guys are looking to catch up on something, give Road Warrior a watch. We're going to talk about that. And we may get uh, this guy who plays Humongous at these fan events here in the studio. Uh, he might actually tag along. So it's going to be cool. She's uh, She's got a documentary coming out later this year all about that. They went to Australia to all the original filming locations. It's going to be pretty neat, actually. Will we be watching Road Warrior with them? or we I don't think do... we'll be watching it with them. But, but we I, should we, give it a revisit. I, yeah, yeah, I think that's... I. She said she would like to talk about it. So, okay, so yeah. yeah, if you're listening, go watch Road Warrior. Yeah, give Road Warrior a watch. That'll We're going to do it. a little bit of talking on that, promote her doc a little bit, talk to her about that experience. It's going to be fun. And make sure you follow our Twitter because we're going to put up a poll for the next episode yes, after that. So I think we, we can will. actually run a nice long poll and get yeah, a, lot of, a lot of votes. Actually, it turns out Twitter limits those to a week anyway. Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. So We can do that. We'll get some votes. Yeah. Be good. But uh, look for that. We'll, we'll figure out what you guys want to hear us talk about next. We like doing that. I think uh, actually we'll probably start using that as kind of a format to fuel the show uh, as we move forward, uh, which is great. All right. I think that'll do it for me. Anything else from you? Um... You want to talk about dick nose one more time? This dude's nose was a dick. It was a dick. It was a dick. It's not a nose. It's a dick. If he had a mustache, it would have looked like pubes. Yep. It was... It's crazy. It was yeah. a dick on his face. And and I recommend Belco Experiment. Yeah. And if you do see it at uh, the United Artists Riverview, yes. make sure you walk up Reed Street uh-huh. heading west. Uh-huh. And on the southeast corner of uh-huh. Reed Street, there's a very real chance, because that's the house that he went into. Uh-huh. Um, one of those houses. It's like right there, after you cross over front. You might see a man with a penis for a nose. Yeah. And if you are the man with a penis for a nose. Please reach out to please us. Please reach out to us. I would like to pick your nose. <laughs> no, I'd like to pick your brain. Actually, I'd like to just ask questions. Yeah. yeah. I w- yes, I, I would. I would be fascinated. Namely, to- how? Ah. <laughs> You didn't make us go high. We just had to talk about it. It's wild. I mean, you can't you can't have a dick for a nose and not know. I I literally had somebody ask me, "Are you sure he wasn't wearing a sex toy?" I, no, I, you'd think. Yeah, I, but it was. I wish too, I could explain to you. It was fleshy. It was it was a thing. It was a dick nose. It's. I know this sounds crazy, but it's actually crazy to me that you think he had a sex toy on his face. Yeah. That's even weirder to me than him just having a dick for a nose. He had a dick because that's nose. what he had. Like all I can think is maybe because like I, I saw a video once of a guy had his thumb bitten off by an eel. Ha. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. So they took one of his toes oh. and put it to where his thumb was. Uh-huh. And so he had a fully functioning thumb. Did it look like a toe? It looked a little bit like a toe, okay. but they showed him playing PlayStation uh-huh. and it worked just Working fine. fine. So maybe this guy lost his nose and ah. said, you know what? Maybe okay, this is a crazy story. Yeah, he lost his nose. He was asexual anyway. Uh huh. So they said, let's give him a colostomy bag, give him a dick nose, uh-huh. and maybe we can find a way to smell through it. I I don't know. I don't know science, guys, but I do know that this man's nose was not a nose but a penis. I think my theory is he went through some sort of face off, dick off operation uh, with the man that killed his son. Is what I assume. 
And if you do the the face waterfall, he gets a nose bonus. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, right? Prob- I mean, I mean, probably, right? <laughs> we saw a man with a dick for a nose. Any explanation? This could is Schrodinger's be cat. Yeah. There's not enough evidence exactly. for anything to be right or wrong. Yep. Whatever situation you can posit is just fine by me because for it to result in a penis for a nose, that's. Because that is the one fact That's that we have. Fact. It is a penis it, on his it, face. It is not a nose that looks it's like a, a penis. Dick on his face. He has a dick where his nose should be. Yes. Yep. <laughs> bone tomahawk, everybody. <laughs> Next week, we'll be back with a full episode about dick nose. <laughs> bone tomahawk, dick uh, nose. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dick Nose. No! Ah! No! My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie dick nose because oh, we like, like to movie. movie. Dick knows. Yep. <laughs>